0: Alright,
1: Are we, we live? are. We're live. Everybody, welcome to the Built
2: by Bailey
1: podcast.
2: Bailey's or Bailey? Uh, Bailey. Built by Bailey's, because there's two of us. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> well, today there's only two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: okay, Built by Bailey's podcast. podcast. Yeah. A renovation, design, construction development builder entertainment extravaganza Mm
2: -hmm. entertainment including the beer we're drinking yeah um thanks tom thanks tom and thank you confluence uh for having us in and using your space uh if you guys are looking for office space whether it's long-term short-term whatever it is Boulder County area. This is the place to be. Confluence, SBC.com. Look them up. They are amazing. Tom Hardy. Thank you very much.
1: Yep, met him this morning. Nice guy. Um, awesome space. And they have a Stella Ar- Artois. Artois, I believe it's Artois uh, it's machine. French. Which I went from coconut coffee to
2: beer quickly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Gravitated um, <clears throat> very rapidly, and it's way more fun. Nobody likes a quitter, Shane. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> okay
1: uh shane bailey yes sir evan bailey that's, that's who's you. speaking we are cousins this is episode one-ish we had uh attempted a podcast a few weeks ago had some technical difficulties we think we've resolved those
2: should be good user error we're not the uh, most in- internet and technology savvy guys but you know we figured it out here we are it's working not even close to be honest with you on this side of the
1: <laughs> phone booth or table whatever um, I have a question for you Shane okay, hit okay. Me. first of all give me your very quick backdrop of why are you able to speak about construction renovation
2: design building right who am I got uh, so I'm a licensed general contractor Um, across the front range of Colorado, I'm a certified home inspector and I am a licensed real estate agent, which is kind of my background. Although I've kind of gone back and forth between construction and real estate since I was a wee taught. So, uh, that's my expertise. I have a lot of paper behind my name, I guess you can say. And I have no paper behind my name. Um... Oh, you have some, (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: not just not there. Not there. Uh, Shane and I own Bailey Custom Homes for, it was like about five years. No, together. Uh, Bailey Custom Homes is still active. Uh, that's what Shane runs now, that company. And we flipped houses. We did it a little bit differently. We, uh, we were kind of the first HGTV, th- like theoretical applied Pick a cooler property, Brothers. Picture that. Yeah. And that's what we were. That's what we were. We tried to get buyers first and then go find uh, available inventory
2: and flip those for the buyer. Which felt like more like a custom home to them. Right. Controlled under a budget. They got to pick certain things that we were already planning on using. Mm -hmm. So our design, your design, Mm -hmm. was kind of highlighted regardless of what they kind of went with. And although some of those choices were restricted... It was it was more customized for that one person because only one person can buy the house right Shane is chip I'm jo- mm. Joanna yeah, I mean I gotta be honest Joanna's a little more good looking than Ooh. you
1: <laughs> burn
2: <laughs> uh, fair
1: but that's kind of the idea that's right. that's kind of where where we got our um, got our background got our Experience. Our feet wet, Got our, our feet education,
2: wet. yeah, all of what that happens. Street smarts? Sure.
1: Street okay. <laughs> so, why are we having a podcast? We were having a podcast, one, because we want to drink beer at 9 o'clock in the morning. Two, <laughs> two, um, we like talking. Three, yes. um, ever since this like HGTV boom... That's happened from, like, the mm-hmm. mid-90s. DIY and HGTV, yes. Yeah. Thanks, YouTube, by the way, too. There has been a lot of, I don't know, new space, I feel like, that has mm-hmm. been created uh, in new interest from consumers to builders and designers. I feel like it bred a whole new generation of renovators and designers. I think they're also brought into... Uh, space this glamour and sexiness to it if you were in the 1980s and you were a designer there was no real space unless you're some sort of you know frank lloyd wright architect right uh visionary there was no fame associated with right. no design glam. Yeah. no glam and hgtv kind of brought that to the table so it kind of glamorized a little bit of this why, in your opinion, Shane, do you think that HTV is so wildly popular? Because it is.
2: It, it, you know, it 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 attaches you to things you didn't think you were you could do before. It makes things easier to obtain in the construction world. Uh, a lot in the same way, you know, the relationship happens with people that have those reality TV shows. You watch these people doing just basic life stuff but it makes it cooler because it's on TV and people can relate to that stuff so they've dumbed it down per se I would say, you know in some relation and people because it's dumbed down they become more attached and, and focused on oh I think I could do that oh that looks more fun um, things they couldn't or think about in the past you know just like Pinterest it gives you an idea to get started and on the simplest of versions of whatever project someone's doing it makes it feel like I can do that, or at least part of that. And I don't know, it creates more of a, we'll call it a hobby for people, um, but it creates more of a hobby outside of their daily lives. And people love, they. everybody has to live somewhere, right? You gotta, You're under a roof of some sort, condo, apartment, house, ranch, whatever it is. They can relate because there are things within that structure they're living in that they want to do and giving those ideas on tv kind of helps that so it makes it popular just like a reality tv show you could become a star if you're on the show like we were um just kidding <laughs> to stars to our mothers yeah
0: <laughs> i don't
1: even know if that was the case yeah. you know it's an interesting thing i've really thought about this over the last week as even this morning i leave the house to come up here and and it's about a 45 minute drive so i'm in denver Thank you for coming out. Yeah, here. of course. Um, I like to drive, honestly. It's the Good only time team. you can drive around this city without True. traffic. Yes. Um And even when I left the house, HUTV's on. Chip and Joanna Gaines is there. Yeah. Right? And it's this like Sunday morning binge watching yep. you know, sit around in your fat pants drinking coffee and I think I think it's a weird combination. I don't think it was intentional either. I you know it started with like trading spaces way back in the day. Oh where, wow, yeah. You know, way back in the day. And I remember I don't know, maybe being like seventeen, sixteen or something like that. And I'm forty one, so that gives you an idea. Oof yeah. Easy it's been a while. <laughs> easy. Um and I remember watching that with my mom. Uh-huh. And I'm like, home and garden television. That's, right. You know what? <laughs> What well, my parents don't know is I drank a few beers last night and I'm feeling a little. I'll sit on the couch and watch some Home and Garden. Recover television. with you without <laughs> yes, you knowing yeah. it, yeah. And being fascinated by it, yeah. I don't know. I think in general humans are well, we are we are naturally creative people. That's what separates us from well, pretty much all other animals and right. other primates. Is right. this collective intelligence which is this creativity and innovation and um and so i think what ends up happening is when you couple creativity with uh with your own daily environment Mm -hmm. your house right and you what i think happens when people turned off the channel they all of a sudden started looking at their home which they spend all their time in right and that part of the brain gets activated in some way or form where they're just like, I'm super, I'm wanting to be creative. I don't know how to be creative, or I'm not sure how to be creative in this space. Right. Right. You can't that, start
2: fresh on a blank slate. Give me an idea. Give me an idea. Yeah.
1: Get me going. Right. And start me. What ends up, I think, happening is that for the first time, people started actually looking at their space in a creative way, not just a functional way. Right. And. Then when you couple that with entertainment, um, condensing it to simple understandings, uh, now of a sudden, the population of people that can watch this feel entertained, activate some sort of creativity, um, and then try to reinvent their their space that they live in, it opened the door up to a lot of people. And then I think, second question to this. How much do you think all of this has affected negatively or
2: positively mm. the the industry that you are in? Yeah, uh, both negatively and positive. I mean, I see both <laughs> ends of it. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of times it's more of a negative because it's like I said, it gives, you start with you know someone who's given an idea. They watch it on a TV show. It's dumbed down. It's made simple. And that includes cost of some project that they're doing because mm-hmm. they fail to put all the numbers together. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are like, wow, you can do that all for $1,000? No, you really you can't. But what they're trying to do is make a show, make it entertaining, bring you back. Um, so it's the same thing as if you jump on you know, YouTube and you've got medical practitioners that um, are sitting in an office and someone comes in and says, I think I have this this ailment this virus this whatever and this is how i need you to proceed to to, to help me and of course the doctor pa whoever is sitting it's like across you're the dehydrated. room going, you, you you don't <laughs> you, understand you, you've <laughs> gotten a piece of that story mm-hmm. but you don't have the whole story because i'm the one that's been trained educated licensed whatever to do this they've explained it very simply for you so you can watch the show so that negative reinforcement comes back when i sit down with a client and they say we want to do an addition on our home here's our rough sketch of it kind of the idea and we want to do it here's our budget and you look at the budget and go that's gonna get you a third of the way there and they <laughs> say no shame because here's how we're gonna do our foundation here's how we're gonna do our sheathing here's our you you don't understand we've got rules and laws and regulations and and what materials we're going to use that that's a very simple way of, of explaining the cliff notes version. But the problem is you get them started with that idea and they think it's possible on their beer budget, Mm -hmm. right? Or they'll have an idea while you're doing the project, which happens, it comes up, things are changing. They get an idea, you know, you've seen it a lot when once drywall goes up, Oh, now I can envision the space. A lot of people have a hard time seeing that. And I want to do this and this and this. Well, okay, we we can. Everything's possible. Like you used to say, anything's possible for a price, right? right? Sure. But now all of a sudden, their budget that they can afford is blown out of the water and they want all these different things. Well, I saw this on HGTV. Yet you did. Let me explain what they really, really did here. And this is what's happening. So
1: you're saying that you think one of the biggest negatives is just that it has caused a a bit of confusion on what is possible and not possible. Right. Because there's this element of entertainment that's involved Mm -hmm. to, but with limited knowledge or limited experience, the homeowner or whoever it might be, um, is looking at an end result with minimal information that was presented to them in a way of, in the form of entertainment. Right. So, and look, we, we should disclose too. um, Shane and I were on an episode of an HUTV mm-hmm. show, yes. so it was our very first flip, if if you will, that we ended up buying a mid-century modern home in Denver, and we had very little experience, right? Um, very little, yeah. We just full of gusto, yeah. Was pretty much that's oh, all we yeah. had, which is like, <laughs> let's do it in 2007. Yeah.
3: Let's do
2: it. Great idea. Yeah, let's
1: flip home. Who are you idiots? <laughs> um, which terrible time to flip houses, but. Actually, a really great time to be innovative because there was a lot of inventory, true. Good right, point. Um, and there were still buyers out there, so we were kind of really in a great position to be ripe to reinvent something. Yes. And when somebody says, "Look, I want to buy a home," the the economy hasn't affected me, and there are. It's just saturated with property and inventory. And there's so many great deals. There's bank foreclosures and short sales and um people putting their houses just up on market. Yep. Um and trying to get out before it you know, they're, the price of the home goes down even further. But we reached out to hgtv because we thought now this was after the home was finished finished, correct right and and there's a reason i'm telling this story because i think this will clear the air a little bit with hgtv (laughs) we already had flipped the house right Right. it was done and it was on market and we thought in this kind of like how do we get this house sold because it it didn't sell right away beautiful home it did have a problem uh it backed up to a major highway, mm-hmm. big retaining wall. You couldn't see the highway, but there was highway noise. It, it was there within the vicinity. And so I think it was me. It was just sitting around researching ways that we might be able to get this property sold outside of the traditional, listed, put it on the MLS, that kind of thing, and just decided, let's just... Send an email and fire it off and see if maybe we can get some publicity this way. I think there was a unique story that was there. It was us, it was our first house, and they had a show at the time called My First Sale. Right. And we thought, I thought, this is perfect, right? Let's reach them. This is our first sale. Now, not in the traditional sense of the home or or, or what the show was kind of built around, right? But it is our first sale as Bailey Custom Homes. Yep. And Well, you got almost immediate feedback. I told this story about us wanting to do this. I gave a little sad sob thing, too, about me (laughs) getting laid off at the bank and couldn't find work. And, you know, this was the only chance. I was was never going to be laid off again if I was going to fire myself or get fired to be by myself. Did the whole thing. Right. And they reached out and they said, there's something really cool here. Now, this is before Property Brothers. This is before Chip and Joanna Gaines. This is all this stuff. So they decided to shoot an episode with us. Yeah. But this is where all of a sudden this reality of HGTV kind of came into play. Because it was done. I assumed that they would just say, we have this house for sale and we're just going to stick with you and film the major components as they happen. Right. and, And get the house sold. We had to recreate us almost finishing the house. Yeah. Which was already done. It was already done. Evan, can you come in and paint some trim? Right. Trim's painted. I know. But we want to see you at the house, like, struggling. You're
2: struggling. You're working on the house.
1: They're recreating this event that already happened. Right. And that was the first, like, oh, this is entertainment. It's not true reality. No, it's not. And by the time this actually airs, we're probably going to have the house sold anyway. Right. So it's not actually even going to help us sell the home. It's literally just entertainment, correct? Which we embraced, which I think was a pretty popular episode. Yeah, um, in our own minds. maybe. In our own <laughs> minds. No, I think it was actually. <laughs> no, I think I agree. And we had we got uh, I can't I can't remember what they were called, but they would send us a screenshot from previous filming, and they said we got to refilm that. Oh, refilm right. us Forever. taking a call. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: About the house. And this is what you said, but this is what I want you yeah, to say. Yeah, here's what you said. Yeah. Here's the
1: transcript. This is what you were wearing. You were slightly unshaven, so right. give yourself a couple days to grow that back. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck
3: is happening here,
1: right? <laughs> and then it almost became acting. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then it was you, acting. And then when you watched the episode, and there was all our family and friends having these viewing parties watching this. Um, they're like, oh my god, this seems. I'm like, they got you, yeah, right. And then I was always in this position of telling them what really happened, right? Because people were asking
2: questions. Well, what happened when you blah blah? That actually already happened, already happened. So we just brought it back mm-hmm. to fill in the viewers, correct? That didn't wasn't happening at the time we were filming. I mean, keep in mind for a 30 minute episode, mm-hmm. what did we film? Four months, yeah, four, four months. months of filming for 30 minutes for 30 minutes, yeah,
1: and. Well anyway, cut to cut to the end. It's this was where I realized, I think, that HGTV's platform was not intentionally manipulative, right? But it Yeah, not intentionally. It, they are creating entertainment. Right. They want people to watch and it's centered around like for our episode selling a home right that, that was just its foundation for its entertainment yep it's no different than survivor it's no, no. different than you know uh, any of the reality television shows there is some reality involved but some of the uh tension or drama is manufactured right. to be able to do it but the end result is somebody sitting on the other side saying wow look how difficult it was for them to flip a home yeah and the reality was it was difficult it was. um And one of our, we'll share this over the course of this podcast too, um, it wasn't that we were offered to shoot another one, but there was interest on their part to say, look, um, if you guys take this model, because the model developed out of the necessity... Because we couldn't sell a home, right right to say, well, let's go get the buyer first, right, right, and then do this again. Yeah. when we talked to all the producers and all the people that were associated with the show, they were like, "Wow, this is actually a really novel concept, and this is really genius, and we want to maybe talk to you guys if, if you want to look at doing an, you know another episode, this, but there was no home for it, right um, And we kind of actually said this was really intrusive right we just kind of wanted to sell the house and move on to the next project yeah. and it slows we, the process down and there was so much that didn't go into the episode that <laughs> that's yes, you know like where where they were going with us remember to look at all the other different properties yep, our next flip right. and all of this stuff that didn't end up getting aired because they realized this really wasn't a part about my first sale mm-hmm. this was more about their interest in it's a whole other series doing. of stuff right. yeah and we kind of or at least I did, I'll speak for myself, was like, you know, this is... We had visions of having this great company and doing all this stuff, and it just seemed like that wasn't a really good fit. And Right. And it was going to be... If we were going to get a buyer, and then we were going to buy a house, we wanted to get that executed quickly and on budget. And having film around and reshooting... It's like, wait, no, we got to reshoot that. We've gone back, we've edited it, we've looked at it, and it doesn't look very good. It's like, hold well, like, on a sec. I got an electrical inspection. I need. Yeah. To, I need to get that done so I can get drywall up. Don't put drywall up yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, wait off. a minute, and it was just seemed, you know. Of course, didn't at that point realize that you know people like Property Brothers would be on Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but exactly. But anyways, um, okay. With that backstory though, uh, is why I kind of wanted to discuss that on the podcast because mm-hmm. it does create this kind of false perception. Yes. Of what you can do. Or what is possible um, but it does create more interest in it more people want to renovate more right. people want to hire a designer more people want to DIY um, which starts spurring this exponential growth and kind of this reinvention of the market sure which would be Pinterest and which would be all these places where people can now be creative mm-hmm. in this little sector Right. Which creates more opportunity for us to have a podcast and for people to listen to, and for Bailey Custom Homes to also open up a shop and be doing right. other things besides building homes, which would be build, building barn doors and <laughs> ship lap, right. and, you know, things of this sort. So it's good and it's bad. Yeah. In that sense. Um, what do you think? How have you benefited from the good of kind of the HGTV boom?
2: Well, I mean. The the good part is as what you've explained is it's it's opened people's minds to the fact that well, wait a second we can improve on our home, um, there are things we can do here. It's not we've got to live with X Y and Z. This is possible. Let's let's call a couple contractors and have them come in and talk to them about what we saw on TV or on Pinterest, and and discuss budget and if it's worth for us to do because there's 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 the piece of construction where we want to do this. And then during like the initial consult I have with people, there's also the discussion of, can we do this, in our home, and would it make sense? And that meaning on the design side, as you know, you know we're we're in a contemporary home, but we love wood, we love reclaimed lumber, we want to do a wraparound porch, and and we want to make this, you know, we want to bring in pine beetle and hickory, and and I have to say stop, you have a contemporary slash mid-century modern home that doesn't work in here so tuba tuba granite right don't do that please Cheery cabinets. let's right. let's you've gotten started on the spatial part of it you've got it you've got started on the i can do this part you know and it's it's actually for a functional design it's within your budget within your scope because you've seen what can happen you've got ideas let's get started and the difference being you bought this home for why? Well, because we love the home. Okay, so stick with that part of the home. And here are the things you can do. And if you love those things, we can incorporate that here and there. But, and that'll actually help with your cost. So people people step in and say, well, we have the ability to do certain things with this house. Or I didn't realize you could use this type of paint on the floor. Oh, well, well, paint's cheaper than tile. Sure it is. Of mm-hmm. course it is. And a lot of these things, and I'm a big proponent of this, is all the little stuff that homeowner maintenance kinds of things that Mm -hmm. need to happen, you know, I hate walking into a home going, all you had to do was caulk your sink and you wouldn't have had this disaster. Now we're gutting your whole bathroom. All you had to do is get some silicone. Mm -hmm. They don't know that. But now you can watch these shows and get those little tips. Mm -hmm. And my, my proponent of all of that is learn and, you know, everyone can have skills around the house just like when you take your car into a mechanic and they're telling you whoa we gotta hey man we gotta take the carburetor out and clean it and whoa, whoa, whoa stop stop my car doesn't have a carburetor <laughs> sir you drive a Nissan leaf yeah <laughs> it's and, electric and that's the thing is it's just you know it just cause, you know think about even 50 years ago mm-hmm. you know our granddad he I guarantee you, he didn't he didn't call a contractor very little thing needed to happen in his house no he just did it he just did it. He just did good it. Good or bad, and good or bad or indifferent, mm-hmm. he he got it done himself. And you got to learn some of those skills just on the maintenance side. And I, I I love kind of educating people on simple tasks they can do. You know, it doesn't have to involve saws and, and all these you know, pneumatic tools. It's a cock gun. It's a it's a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know you can change a faucet on your on your own. You don't need to call a plumber and and get charged six hundred dollars. Well, I talk about this with my kids all the time.
1: Seven and four. Um, who, and and I've even discussed this with some of their teachers before parent-teacher conferences, education now is way different than when even we were kids. Oh, for sure. Right. If I wanted to know about a rock, right, I had two options as a kid, you know, ask my dad if we know a geologist, okay, or, you know, get on your bicycle, right up to the library, go to the Dewey Decimal System, scan through... Nobody knows what that is anymore. We're dating ourselves (laughs) here a little bit. Um, Go find the books on rocks, look through 10 books, pick out one, read the whole book and see if you got your answer. Right. And now you just have to have enough curiosity to pull your damn phone out of your pocket. Yeah. Right? So for our kids, which you have young kids too... You just have to have a desire to learn because on the internet is all your answers, yeah. right? If you want to learn Japanese, you just have to want to, and you could learn Japanese for free. If you want to learn how to play the guitar, you could do that. If you want to learn how to caulk your sink, or if you want to learn how to um, set a sync, right. or whatever it is, you can actually do that. Yep. I think that's where a lot of, where kind of my next question for you is, is this... And we've said this before, a little tongue-in-cheek, that it's one of the strangest industries where there is so much money on the line. There's so much inconvenience that's about to happen living in a home uh, uh, under construction. And the person that is controlling all of that, the person with the money,
2: the homeowner, Mm -hmm. is the most ignorant person. In in the nicest sense, they're just right. there's no education experience, license, or experience, licensure, blah blah blah. It's Ignorant not their job by the definition, right? And especially compared to the people, the, the the two
1: parties that that would be associated with, right. because one is a licensed contractor, engineer, or whatever that's required education and twenty years experience and is a journeyman or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. to someone who just says, "Hey, look, I just want I want this," right? And there's this weird space where it's like so much money and happiness uh, for the finished product, assuming they're happy, is on the line. And the person that is calling the shots is the person who knows, maybe this is a better way to say it, knows the least. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And then they're also slightly blinded by a very organized, small piece of information that's brought to you by HGTV. (laughs) right yes and it's like well okay hold on a like there's a whole recipe for disaster here or tension or contention maybe it's a better word to put it where now the homeowner is having this argument with a contractor or a builder right and it's this and then that builder is trying to keep the client happy but also tell them that they can't do that or it's going to cost more money right and this is that that is something i'm very interested in is understanding that kind of interaction between it and i think that's kind of where i wanted to bring the hgtv component in is because somewhere in there it's you're ripping me off that's not accurate and it's like hold on a minute a homeowner Um, i've been doing this for 30 years and i can do it cheap but you're just gonna have all these problems. It needs to be done right. I want mm. to explain to it, and there's nothing sexy about caulk,
0: right? You know, well, so, it's... Well, careful,
1: <laughs> getting in I, dirty like water really here. Announce <laughs> C A U L K caulk. Yes, um,
2: I would venture I, a guess that uh, I would say most people are saying that that's the other caulk. It's no, not very it's, sexy either. So
1: and I'm right now I'm in the middle of essentially flipping a home that I may end up buying right. for a friend. Right. Buying. A huge renovation.
2: Welcome back to the business,
1: oh, by the thank way. Thank you. I'll give me honest, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um and it's very easy for a homeowner to say, We need more dirt. Okay, let's get more dirt. So when is the deck gonna be built? Hold on a minute. Right. Think about more dirt for a minute. Right. Nothing, I know that's not sexy, Sounds and we want boring. to talk about the deck and the railing, yeah. and what's it look you know, like, and like? you know, are we going to build a pergola, and yeah. put a sunshade on it, and cafe lights. Fun. It's like, I need to bring more dirt in. Yeah, sorry. And We're it's, starting with that. So that means i got to order dirt. Mm-hmm. That means dirt has to be delivered. That means, where are we dumping the dirt? How are we getting the dirt to the backyard? Right. You know, um, why do we need dirt? Right. Why is dirt so expensive? Right. It's everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, stop. I need to go through that with you right and I can't get I have to grade it I have to get grading on your house I have to do the and nothing's sexy about that but this is where it's like I have to cut a check now for five hundred dollars worth of dirt Mm -hmm. dirt's just in my backyard Bill my next door neighbor (laughs) can give me some of that and by the way the person who might be listening to this you weren't acting that way I'm using you as an example (laughs) (laughs) you didn't you didn't say that to me he trusts me um but what, what? share your experience with having to deal with homeowners when you're trying your hardest, and I know you personally, mm-hmm. to really deliver the best possible product for their budget with them in mind and taking care of them, making sure it's done right. Um, and for those who don't know Shane, you couldn't get Shane to bypass code if you want to okay like just shane just cover it up man he's like he won't do it right he's a very high integrity builder okay um and trust me sometimes i hate to say this about myself i
2: i was that guy oh, i've definitely had thoughts and yeah. you know there's there's been times you st- sit sadly stand yeah. there and stare at something for 30 minutes and go i could just i could just get that just done get that done and it would, and would look fine. pretty and it would be fine and nobody would it know it would
1: be fine yep right um I just made myself sound terrible. I'm a high integrity person too, but in the heat of business, Aren't you sometimes in the car business though, isn't it? There's Some sort uh, that's why I'm here. I'm the regulator say, of that. See,
2: right. same with me. Same with me. Contractors are not all dirty.
1: So share, share with our wonderful listeners, maybe a little bit of your experience in that moment, mm-hmm. talking with a homeowner about the expense of something, and. The challenges that you've had because you've even had me at times or once or twice come in to help almost
2: mediate right outside third party viewpoint right you know you're not listening to the general contractor right now you're listening to someone that actually has stepped aside and separated himself from the two parties Mm -hmm. and is telling you the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah so
1: yeah give us um honestly give us a story we don't want to call anybody out but (laughs) can you speak on that
2: yeah, there. I mean, it's ninety nine point nine percent of the time you're gonna. It's gonna come up on some level. Sometimes it's you know if we're doing a huge second story addition, obviously grandiose kind of project. Um, as small as a, just a small bathroom remodel, and and explaining to them why I'm putting detramat down as opposed to just laying what's, the what's tile. D-tramat? And I'll tell you what that is. Yeah. As far as just laying the tile on on top of the OSB, which is your subfloor, the wood you can't put tile down on the wood okay and the reason for that is you know the cliff notes version is you're using a cement type product as an adhesive to stick the tile to the floor everybody kind of understands that the adhesive doesn't like wood it's mm-hmm. they, you know they battle each other it's like certain metals don't like each other and they're they're enemies that doesn't work but people have done it we've even seen times where people have laid carpet are or a tile-on type of carpet. On top of carpet. And how it didn't crack, pop, and rip right up, I'll I'll never know. True story. It It's shocking. Shag carpet. But people, and I'll say people because they aren't real contractors, have done that stuff. So the Dietramat, the two versions, the two ways, apical ways, code-wise, and and, and and correct ways to lay tile, is you have a cement-type product, which is called cement board. right? It's a waterproof product that goes on the floor on top of your subfloor. That... Creates a great surface for adhesion of what's called thinset, which is the adhesive material that sticks the tile on the floor. Right, um, that's great for it. But there's an even better product, and it, there's it, is the product more expensive than just you know a three by five sheet of cement board, hardy hardy backer? Sure, but in the long run, the labor's it's faster to install it and it's a better product. It allows for movement on the floor because guess what? Everybody knows houses move over time. New houses, old houses, they all move. People walk on them. There's deflection, which means movement in the floor. This product allows for even more of that movement and there's more applications to it because of how the floor could transition into tile to wood and it makes it just makes an easier install, right? Labor's cheaper, material's more expensive. I've had this conversation almost every time And some homeowners are more educated than others coming back to the internet, HGTV, YouTube, all that stuff. Well, they know, a lot of people know what cement board is and some people know what Detromat is and they'll tell you, I don't want to use that product, Shane. Just put down the cement board and let's move on. Well, that's not how I do it, right? I I use Detromat now for every tile install. It's just how I do it. It's priced into the estimate I've given you, right? And that's how we're going to put it down. I'm not warranting my product if I don't get to do it my way is basically how what it comes down to. Well, I understand that, but I want to pay for it. So you have to have the conversation. More in material, less in labor, overall better product. Here are all the reasons why, as I explained. And they'll have debates about it and say, oh, but but it's I don't want to do that. Well, then I'm not your guy to finish the Why job. Why do you
1: think they don't want to do that? Because if any any other place that I can think of where there is an expert in the room and you're mm-hmm. spending money on the expert, I, can, I I swear, I cannot think of another industry where it's a debate. It's like and is is that because there are people who there are contractors out there saying, "Look, if that's what you want, fine." Sure. Then they feel like they almost like a mechanic. Right? right? I don't know anything about a car. Right? And you're telling me it's going to cost me $1,000 to make that weird clicking noise go away? Right. And it's kind of like... And then all of a sudden they have that one friend and say, Oh my God, please tell me you didn't spend a 1000 bucks, right, on getting that clicking thing to go away. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I did. And it's like, okay, so it's this... They feel like they have to protect themselves against there is that the, yeah. contractor. But once it's laid out and you can... Like you said, I'll explain the product. I'll mm-hmm. do all this. I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm talking about deflection. I'm talking about all these things. Right. And they still say, well, unfortunately, I don't want to spend money on that because I just want
2: the pretty tile. Right. I don't and care about all the non-sexy stuff underneath. That's right. The caulk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, a lot of that comes back to watching these TV shows. Pinterest. They're seeing other people do it a different way. And and not to say you can't put cement door, cement board down and lay tile. It's, it's fine. Per code, that's allowed. But is there always a better way? Technology improves all the time, right? I mean, and we all learn. We're continually learning. If you're not continually learning in my industry or anybody's industry, you know, I think you're, there's some sort of failure happening. There's always something more to know. But they have control of the checkbook, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones writing writing the checks. They're the ones paying me. And if I'm trying to, quote, unquote, upsell them, that's what they think I'm trying to do all the time. Because all these little things, there's these rumors, and there's a there's a stigma with, with, a, with a contractor that there's always movement towards trying to collect more money during the project because we know more than the person in control sitting across the table, which is the homeowner. And if we talk enough, and I can, I mean, I could talk for 30 minutes on, on all kinds of different tech, technological terms that you could probably, you know, your eyes start going cross, and you'll just go, well, whatever, 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 I don't care. They think I'm trying to do that to them or they, us contractors doing mm-hmm. that to them to try and make more money not understanding that we're just trying to do the best job possible because guess what we want to get the job done on time on budget which is hard to do a lot of times especially in the remodel world and get out of your home and let you enjoy it i don't want to park park there and live there i want to move on to the next project so it's it's hard to get them there now i i feel like i have maybe a little bit i'm a little bit ahead of the game as far as being able to converse with the client and explain that maybe a little bit better than somebody else could and make them feel more comfortable or be willing or, to even yeah. do it i I mean i'll yeah. be honest you're very willing to I'm sit willing. down and
1: say look if you want to know i'll tell you yeah
2: right. i, I want to be transparent i don't care like in an estimate all my all my fees are in there there's overhead and profit you know how much money my company's gonna make you know mm-hmm. how much money I'm, you're paying me you know how much money i'm gonna be paying my guy? there's full transparency because it's easier that way i don't need those arguments i'm just here to to make it a cool product, do it as close to what you want as possible, and then get out of the house and let you enjoy it. You know, I think, too,
1: there's an interesting dynamic, too, with on the homeowner's side, where they don't understand that the contractor, the builder, the designer, the engineer, the architect, is for-profit. Right? right. Right. And yeah. it's also something, I think, where... There is, and, and this is also a lot of things that are service and sales in general, other industries. It's the same kind of problem, but I think it manifests more in this industry. Which, yeah. by the way, I, I don't know if you know uh, what are the numbers like trillions of dollars. I mean, well, how much is this industry? It's an, so, it's yeah, or tens of billions. Right? Right. Yeah, or probably even more than that. We can include new construction. Oh yeah,
2: I mean, you're hundreds of billions yeah, at this
1: point across the country. So that they are for profit. Yeah, and there's not just, they're not just here to try to achieve your end result for your budget. Right. Right? That they need to make
2: money on it as well. Why do it if you're not going to make money?
1: And I find it also interesting. Now, we've kind of been talking about the homeowner quite a bit here. Right. Their ignorance, right? In the definition, we can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> right?
2: Okay. From Webster.
1: <laughs> but there is also, on the other end of the spectrum, is the ignorance of the contractor. Yes. And... You and I have dealt with this with subs all the time. Mm -hmm. They are failing, in my opinion, in this regard. They're not good business people. They're good at a skilled labor. Right. What they've been trained to do. What they've been trained to do. But being good as... As a business, and that's really what you are as an independent contractor, you're your own business. You, right. gotta, you have to pick what jobs you want. you got to have to decide how much they're going to cost. There's billing. There's accounting. There's invoicing. There's clients. There is branding. There yep. is um, exposure so that way you can get more work. There is sometimes social media work. There is all these things that go into play, and they're not good at it. Right. I'm a plumber. Right. I'm not a business person. Right. Right? Um, And now I'm going to engage what appears to be in some sort of negotiation. And I'm a plumber.
2: Yes. I'm really good at this skilled labor. Yeah. I'm licensed to be a plumber. This is what I do.
1: Right. That's like when... (laughs) Quick fun story. (laughs) We are flipping a house in City Park. Old historic home. We... Bought it at an okay price. We decided that we didn't have a lot of money before it became a bad investment. So we mm-hmm. needed to try to get this house done, make the biggest impact and change on it as possible for, I think it was like 30000 40000 um, And we have to get it painted. So we decide between the whole good, fast, and cheap. Right. Right. At this point, new paint is more important. Right. right. So we just need fast and, and cheap, cheap. You're you know? not going to get three of those anyway. And we so. hire a, I don't know very eager painter oh yeah i got it yeah. here comes the oversell right. right i've been doing this for 50 years yeah, i can, can do it right? all and then we agree on a price up front and you know anybody that has worked on old historic homes the amount of cutting in and trim work especially just the prep work on just those the homes. prep work included it's pretty extensive mm-hmm. to the point where it's like wow that's a that's all you're going to charge me <laughs> you're higher you sure? <laughs> yeah <laughs> tomorrow but as it turned out, he starts realizing it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. right? So now he's done painting, mm-hmm. finally, which took like... Did he wait. ever finish? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. The house appeared to be painted. <laughs> but as you walked around, like, oh my God, we're going to have to redo all this. Which became part of the negotiation. Right. Now, we are more business savvy people. Right. And now I'm talking to a 30-year painter. Right. And... He comes to collect his check wearing, I, I couldn't make this up if I wanted to, wearing, and I apologize for the cussing, but I feel like it's appropriate, a fucking black belt. Black belt. All around his shoulder. Around, around his shoulder. <laughs> and I mean, and so I'm like, uh, we'll just call him John, Yeah. example. John, wh- what are you doing here, What's buddy? up, man? Come here to give my money, man. Uh, okay. Is that... Is that a, Black belt? What's around your shoulder, buddy? It's a black belt. And judo. Okay. Are all right. you going to class? Come here to get my check. Okay. I see what's going on here. Um, is this the way you're negotiating for more money? <laughs> I mean, I did a lot of work. Okay. Nope. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. I just needed to know that we're in a that's, negotiation. That's where now. we're at right now. Right? Got it. So instead of coming to the table saying, hey, look, I underbid this. And having a conversation and communicating with us throughout the course of the project and just saying, look, I gave this price. Um, Here's my hours. Here's what the labor is. I'm going to have to do more. And negotiate and inform me on what's going on. He decided to do all the work and then enter into some sort of negotiation, which he's clearly uh, not really prepared to do outside of the threat of violence. He (laughs) thought we'd just say, oh, my God,
2: let me get the checkbook now. I'm scared.
1: And, and to further go into this example of um, being bad at business, I gave him a business decision right. in that negotiation. I said, look, here's what I'll do, John. I'll pay you the money you're asking for now, but it will be the last house you do. Right. So And it was only like $500 more It wasn't much. It wasn't much. No. I'll give you your $500 more now. Well, Bailey Custom Homes, which we had another house under contract at the time, is about ready to do the very next home. And it will need a painter. Inside and out. Inside and out. Big job. So you can either take the check that you agreed upon now, and I'll give you that next job, which would be a pretty far stretch since you try to collect money (laughs) from us with, with your judo black belt, right? But you know what? I would have. Um, or you can take the extra 500 now, and we'll be done.
2: Yeah, never talk to us again.
1: And he said, I'll take my extra 500 So mm-hmm. I cut him the check, and then a week later, he called me, and I said, what are you doing? He's like, well, you said you had another house. No, 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 we're done.
2: You made your choice.
1: You made your choice, we're done. That was a terrible business decision, yeah. but as a person of integrity, I meant what I said. I yeah. didn't say it for any other purposes except to give you an option. So that's kind of what I'm saying. The homeowners, there is some... It's not even that they're at fault, right? It's just that I think they're misinformed. Right. Um, They also are bringing in some sort of fear-based, fear-based baggage, which they should. Yeah. Right.
0: They're spending a lot of money. Pay attention to what's going on. Like
1: the two most important things for a homeowner or or for a person is their home and their family and their finances, Mm -hmm. and both of those are on the table. And then here is this also you know so with that there's this engagement of negotiation they feel like they have to have with the most with the majority of the time with somebody who says look I'm having to negotiate with you now I'm having to communicate I'm having to be really open and transparent and try to help make you comfortable and those are all requests that are difficult for like in just this example a painter right and I think that's where a lot of this tension happens And I know that a lot of people who might be listening Aren't necessarily builders and contractors. They might just be part of that HGTV community yeah. that is just engaged and interested in this stuff. But I know this is a big pain point. For my sister went through this, and her, her boyfriend is a high-end remodeler, mm-hmm. and she still went through it right. at her house. And I just, I'm not sure what the solution is to fix that, except maybe just trying to start having a conversation of people identifying better where they're actually at in this and trying to be more patient with each other and trying to understand this is somebody that's for profit and who is just trying to do a job and move on to the next one as best as he or she can and the homeowner in this example has all this emotion built into it it's my home this is where i raise my kids Mm -hmm. this is all my money right And that space doesn't give i don't think enough uh attention would you agree with any I, of this? <laughs> None of it, actually.
2: No. <laughs> Give me another beer, no, monkey. You, right. <laughs> Feed me more. No, it's, it's it's yeah, it's it's exactly right, um, and and there is, like I said, there's fear-based baggage that comes with any of these projects. Now, if there's a homeowner, and this is, I wouldn't say more rare, but less less particular, I guess that they've done several projects, either in this particular home or you know they've done it in their last home and they have, quote unquote, some experience in how the process works. I would say that that fear-based component would kind of die down a little bit if they had a good experience. Now, if you got somebody on the other end that's had a terrible experience, they're going to tell you right away, we had a horrible experience in the last contractor. I'm going to let you know, Shane, all the things we didn't like about it. And they're coming at you like, you're going to be part of, you know this person and you're going to be part of the same problems that were before. And so I have to start out with, in a defensive role, saying, hey, hold on a second. This is how I run my business. This is what we do. I generally come to the table with some sheets. Some of it's for homework for the client before they have even hired me. Um, explaining the communication process. Big deal, right? Communication in this business, I think, is, and you'll even hear homeowners tell you, that is the number one thing they appreciate if they've had a good experience. Communication. Things don't go 100% correct. Wait, wait. wait. Ever. What? Ever. <laughs> Shocking. Right. Shocking. And Shocking. people are laughing saying, oh, we understand that. You don't. And here's why. Part of that homework process is, and you've seen this and you've done this, we sit down at the table at the beginning of the project, and this is assuming we've already signed a contract. Sometimes I even say it beforehand because I want to vet my clients too. Yeah, you vet contractors. We get to vet you too. Um, it's got It's got to be a fit. For mm-hmm. both parties, and I'll tell them, listen. You may say you love me right now. The interaction's great. We're having this, you know. Sometimes they even pour me beers at the meetings. You know, mm-hmm. we're sitting there chumming over a beer. You're not going to like me as we get into the project. The further we go, the further down the rabbit hole we go. The more you're not going to like me. You're not going to like the process. It's dirty. It's loud. There's weird people in your house. Some it's of them obstructive. It's it's obstructive. It's it's invasive. You have zero privacy. Um, And you're going to be over it before it's done. You're going to be over it. You're going to tell me when are we going to be done. Even if we're completely on schedule, when are you out of my house? And I have to remind them at the beginning, you're going to be there at some point. It's natural. It's human. It's going to happen because guess what? It's not 100% perfect. It's not going to go 100% the way you think it's going to go. We're going to find things. we got to fix them. Um, You're not going to like that. You're going to spend more money a lot of times. And they always smirk, especially when we're about to sign a contract, already had signed a contract, and they laugh, Shane, you're not like that. We we love you. You're welcome in our home anytime. I appreciate that now. (laughs) And sometimes I even feel like I need to record that statement Mm -hmm. to play it back for them 65% of the way through the project, 80% of the way through the project, and remind them, remember when you said this? I told you. Now, bear with me. We're going to get you there. Doesn't mean that you want to cut my throat at the end, but... There's a point where everyone wants to be done, and that includes us, right? We I just want to get out of there. I want to make it as close to the way that you want it as possible, and I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I have again because that's good for your it's business. Good for my business, right? Exactly. I make more money that way, mm-hmm. and you're happy, and I get to move on to the next project. Mm-hmm. That's how we have to run this business, mm-hmm. whether it's one at a time, three at a time, five at a time, whatever it is, however however you're set up to run that that construction business. There's a point where everyone needs to be done, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest part,
1: you know. And I remember when you know uh, we we started doing, I don't know, maybe I can't think of what what house it was on, what number four or five or something. And I've really had this like weird epiphany, even as somebody who is actually doing this as a business, right? Where that that space between uh, your rough and inspections. Mm-hmm. And drywall. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's the worst. Because you rip everything out. There's these people in here. They're running wires, quote unquote, through all of your two by fours. And, you know, electrical boxes are getting set. And you're just looking at, you know, framing. Right. And it's just, and then you're just like, what? when do we get to like put the house together right i want to see my house i want to see what it is and And there's there's
2: days where people will come you they'll come home now let's just mm -hmm. assume that they're out during the day working which i advise if you work from home figure out a way not to work from home for a while (laughs) um but they'll come they'll come back you know at the end of their day right Mm -hmm. and they'll walk so what the hell what happened today shane did anything happen were you guys even here today like oh my oh my god all right do you do you want me to tell you what's going on today? Oh, yeah. Let Please. me tell you a story about coffee. Okay, let me... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You walk them through it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's see. I, I, uh, let's see. We had to run 12-2 from the panel. We had to go to the bathroom. We had to go to the bedroom. I had to run... Um, I had to go 14.3 for your switch legs for uh, this room and this room because you want it three ways here. W- wait, stop. What do you. W- we I'm realized sorry. we
1: had to update the panel. What are you it was talking missing, about? We missing certain arc fault,
2: uh, arc fault breakers. Yeah, we we got we to go arc fault on all these because all mm-hmm. these circuits now require. Qu- I don't understand what you're saying. I just want to know what's getting done. Well, I'm telling you what I'm got trying done. To get,
1: I'm trying to get you the amount of power or whatever it is to that room so we can have the, the fancy, pretty things that you wanted. Right. And that's what I mean. It's like there's just it doesn't matter. It's like you want to say to them, I need you to like just black out Blackout. for a month and a half. Yeah. And back off. <laughs> and and again, going back to the HGTV thing, I want you to focus on the reveal. Right. Okay. I right. just if this this is so much easier and I did like a this little like deep dive on um Fixer Upper, which is it was kind of like the most Closest to honest HGTV show, right? And they really do try to tell you, please do not go to the property, right? Right? And also, you need to completely let go that Chip and Joanna Gaines are going to have total authority over the design, right? And it almost works better that way, yep. Because and you just you see this thing that's really ugly or has all this potential, and then all of a sudden.
3: (gasps)
2: and it's mm-hmm. like that's what i need you to focus on you remember the before and now right. you're seeing the after if you're there every day with your nose in front of it some days it's gonna feel like nothing happened or you're gonna find little defects in the texture on the wall by the way i'm over texture you're, you're gonna <laughs> mm-hmm. look at that and go well that doesn't that doesn't look uniform it's not supposed to yeah, yeah. let it go yeah
1: yeah so i i think it's a interesting thing for us to talk about for yeah. sure. Um, and I think the idea that there's this huge industry that is has been, I think, kind of ramped up a little bit on steroids mm-hmm. because of HGTV has also created this very difficult environment that I think is fairly new. Right. I don't think, and I don't know, I wasn't old enough and maybe we could... Get somebody in here uh, as a guest that they can talk about renovation back in the 80s you know oh, but yeah. it just to me feels like this was this is a lot of this is new mm-hmm. um and that contractors are getting more business i think uh I, I think the ripple effect of it is huge maybe that's a better way to say it yeah but, i would agree with that I Think people sure. wanting to buy additional properties wanting to buy investment properties mm-hmm. wanting to do this that didn't really seem to be something that people did 30 years ago, there were a certain group of people that Said, let's have second properties. Let's renovate. Let's now Airbnb. Right. There's all this innovation that happens where people want to get involved. There's shows that support it. It looks sexy. Mm-hmm. They post a number of eighty thousand dollar profit. And you're like, right? You know that, which is a whole other thing. It's like, <laughs> um, and the, well, they subtracted the the realtor fees. They made eighty grand on it, did they? <laughs> did they really? Because mm. the show is also paying for some of the. Labor right. to go in there, which that's a gross profit, mm-hmm. you know. So there's all these things that go timeline is is stuff. skewed. You know, mm-hmm. it only took them
2: five weeks. Well, no, they were working 24 hours a day, five different crews, and they had to get it done because that's when the show had to put this on the air. So guess what? Right. There's a there's a third party that's helping out now. That would've been great for us, but that's not reality. That wasn't. And reality. You got to explain that to those people too. No, well, I don't understand why my basement should be 14 weeks on on a. On a build, well, this is what we're doing. This is how long it takes me to do that that mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. No, I I saw on TV it was five and a half weeks.
1: Okay, look or around. Or can you please explain to me why it's fourteen weeks? Right, exactly. Well, let's see. I need to have an engineer, uh-huh. right? I need to come over. I need engineer plans. I need to be able to submit this to the city. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to get permits pulled. I need yep. to break out all of this concrete i need to why do you need to break out the concrete no it's a great question do you do you really want to know the answer mm-hmm. right or you know i just on, on this renovation that i'm doing you know it was twenty thousand dollars in concrete work concrete ain't cheap man right and it's just i have some uneven floors there's some settling but it happens all over the neighborhood so you know let's just let's just get some new concrete mm-hmm. whoa uh like, you just said that as if it were, like, going to go pick out carpet off the roll at Home Depot. Right. right. Yeah. D- do you want to pour all new concrete? You know, it's like, well, yeah, let's just get some new concrete. Okay, you keep saying it like, let's just get some yeah. new concrete. It's easy, man. It, yeah. It's just some jackhammers, right? <laughs> no, nope, correct. It is jackhammers. And by the way, the person I'm talking to, I'm only using this as an example. He wasn't like this. Um. But, the next thing you know, there's shell shock. You yeah. tell me this is 30,000... Dollars. yes i'm telling you it's thirty thousand dollars and that is just to get the concrete yep right uh, not just the, the the material the concrete but just to achieve new concrete to get
2: that scope of work in your done. basement
1: and in this in this level of the mm-hmm. house and it's unless that person's willing to sit down and try to understand that um then it creates huge contention Which is all of a sudden you're putting a contractor in a very difficult position, yeah, to try to explain to you something that he's he or she knows or understands over a 30-year period, with licensing and testing and all of this stuff, um, to get you just because it's not about concrete. All of a sudden it's about 30 grand, right? And 30 grand, and it should be about 30 grand because that's a lot of money, you know, to to a homeowner. And it just creates the weirdest environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I think, handled very poorly you know, over this last little subset of 20, 30, 20 years, maybe I right. we'll call it. And I think it's then started to s- build unfair stereotypes of contractors to homeowners and homeowners to contractors. And I think it's like, hold on a sec. Everybody just stop for a second. Pull it back. There should be some sort of understanding between both of you. For what you don't know, right, contractor may not know well how to communicate, sure. negotiate, and be a good, sound business person. And I think on the homeowner is sometimes unaware that they need to take a step back, put a little bit of trust, which is very difficult, mm-hmm. um, into somebody who knows what they're doing and allow things to happen. And if you can fast forward to the reveal, trust me, you'll be
2: happy, Yeah. right? Yeah. But it, that's a tough place to get to. It is. And a lot of it, like you said, is, is the trust factor. And I mean, why do you think that there's such a trust issue between contractor and homeowner client? I mean, as far as not, I don't want to give you too much money up front. And on some ways, that's that's understandable. But he's not explaining it very well as far as what needs to be done. And so because he's not good at communicating his scope of the work, I feel like he's trying to cover something up. Is kind of where that their mindset goes. They, you know, they're trying to dumb it down in a way where I don't understand. I go deer in headlights. Why lights. can't you explain to me that it costs 30,000 right, dollars for concrete? Right. And and you and you're right. 90% of the time it's because the contractor is just not good at communication. He didn't go to school for that. He just wasn't trained that way. His his expertise lies in the structure of the home, the painting of the home he's an electrician he knows how to wire a home he's not he's not and a lot of these guys aren't they're and no offense to the guys that work with me they're a little socially awkward sometimes <laughs> and and, and that and that's not their fault um, and over time in, in any realm of business you get better at the things that you're not good at but are you gonna be good at them no you're not because you're just it's not your skill set it also implies that you need to recognize that you're not good at right that, and then you
1: want to spend time and energy into it and also understand what the benefit is right. of
2: doing that. Right. And whatever facet that makes your business better. As a business person, if you can, well, because that's what you are, you're not just a contractor, you're a business owner. And if you don't know those things or you're not good at those things, you need to implement it or facilitate a way to get better at that by working hard at it and training yourself or by bringing somebody else or something else in to make it better and more efficient and better at you know communicating that scope of work to the client because if you can get past the trust, which I've realized over the years, if you get them to trust you, then and you can communicate that, then you're you're good. Anything that comes up, it's easy to explain. They trust you're going to fix it, mm-hmm. and I understand it's it sucks. It's going to cost more, shame, but here's your check. Thank right. you. Right. And and that alone will just push a project for both ends of the part, both parties, both ends of that into a much more comfortable finish. And that's, I think, the key in this business, at least, is just if you can get to the trust and the communication. But the the homeowner has to be just as good at listening and learning how to listen because a lot of homeowners aren't good at listening. But you can get better at it by just literally looking at that contractor in the face. Let him explain it the best way he can and trust that what he's telling you is what he has to do or she has to do in order to get this job done for you, they have no interest in taking your money once they've started the project, or, or you know, for lack of a better term, half-assing the project because mm-hmm. they know at the end if it's not done right, the homeowner is going to call them out on it, and they're not going to be done. They're going to end up losing money, and that they don't want that.
1: I'm going to coin a new phrase here. Oh boy, submissive listening. Submissive listening. Okay, because okay. they're hearing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But they're not submitting to it, right? They're they're not just saying, "I'm just going to take it all in at what he's saying." They're right. listening for what they want to listen to, right? They're listening to cues of, oh, "That's it. Yep. That was a trigger word. Yep. That means more money." Yep. Here's where yep. I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Oh, I heard you. Hold on a minute. I, I'm just. <laughs> I don't feel like I need to explain why concrete is thirty thousand. I'm right. just telling you that's what it is. That's what it is. Right, And yeah. I can if you want, but you really, that implies that you're just going to sit there and say, okay, because I have no idea, please tell me. Right, And that's like, to me, submissive listening, uh-huh. is I'm just going to just sit back and I don't know what it is. And I'm not going to listen for what I want to hear or for triggers for me to now be to... Now demonstrate my very intentional defense Right right, exactly. Uh, that's what it is I did my research I knew you were going to say that I had talked to a friend And that's not actually true My friend says cement board is actually just fine uh-huh. Okay stop Hold on a minute Whoa 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 I realize you wanted to engage. I don't know what I don't know what the point is here. Right? Do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? Right. And now and again, in in the homeowner's defense, there's also contractors out there who just say, "Look, if that's what you want to do, it's your money."
0: Right. They don't care. Right. There's and, there's a moral have compass to, that's broken,
1: and you do have to defend against that. Yeah. Um, is there, by the way, is there a, a is there a server here?
2: Uh, my beer is no. empty. I want one no. more beer. I think we need to uh, take a break. Take a break. And uh, we'll uh, we'll come back here in a moment and keep going. And it will seem like there is no break. No break. So this will be really awkward because then we're just going to start talking again. Don't put down your phone. We'll be right back. Later. All right. Here we go. We're back. We're back. We're
1: Lightning fast.
2: By the way, Tom, just just uh, heads up for next time, uh, episode two, we're gonna need a server in here. This is extremely inconvenient that we have to get right, up and so pour get our up own and beers. get our free beer from your. Uh, beer just kidding. Machine. Man. Just, thank you for letting us steal your beer. Yeah. Appreciate and we
1: it. we did throw some money into yeah. a, into a glass. It's plate. not much. We're not rich, but thank you very much. Right.
2: right.
1: Um, all right. So we were talking about communication. Yes. And you and, and I have, trust in trust, and you and I have talked about. Innovation in this industry quite a bit. Uh, I think that one of the places, because of everything we've just been discussing, that one of these places that is ripe for innovation Mm -hmm. is construction mediation. Mm, Or having some uh, element of your company, if you're a builder or whatever, to include almost like a consumer advocacy component Uh of saying, look, we want to let the builders build, right? And we need to have this middle person or department or individual to help mediate and explain and communicate. So that way, the skilled labor can give you skilled labor. right, And you, as the homeowner, can have some sort of confidence and communication and um, advocacy for concerns and things of this nature. I'm not sure exactly how to put that together because that person has to get paid, which means cost of funds go up, which means your project becomes more expensive. Uh And again, that goes back to what we were talking about before. It's whatever you, you can get the experience you want for the amount of money you want. Yes. Right. And somewhere in there is a need, I think, for this construction mediation or consumer advocacy, where communication and openness and disclosure is a part of the process. because so I think that process, you can't avoid not having it. No, you can't. Those are the two bulls butting heads like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But is there room for something like that in the industry? And if so, how does that happen? Uh, if you're just a plumber Right, bidding on a job. Right. You're not gonna hire someone just to communicate.
2: No. Right? No. So well. No. It could
1: be done in big firms, it could be done in, you know, a Richmond homes type thing. Sure. And they have that. And they place. probably have it. Yeah. But most people don't go through Richmond homes to right. build a new home. And, yeah, they call I'm up about the <laughs> they not there's anything wrong with Richmond. <laughs> um Well they're uh, never mind. Not our cup of tea. Um <laughs> Actually, great business model. I shouldn't even say yeah, that. They make it's, lots of money. They make lots of money. Um, I look forward to your email to tell us <laughs> to stop talking about it. If you want to come on and talk about yes. Richmond, feel free. Get Actually, you know what? If you don't like what we're saying, come on the podcast. Come on the podcast. That's yeah. right. We're come talk to us about it. Um, how do you think you... Okay, so we talked a lot about identifying that. How do you solve it?
2: Whew. That's the $60 million question, I think. I mean that's that's where we're
1: at so you are saying if here. we figure it out right now we need to not air
2: this podcast and we'll go do I it I don't think we want to tell anybody
1: intellectual property <laughs> intellectual property
2: uh, okay no in order to make everyone's li- in order to make this business better to to get rid of the stigmas um,
1: what are the stigmas this, well, let's well, identify we've,
2: them. we've we've talked about it. there's let's, a trust factor that's a big issue that the contractor is trying to take your money correct
1: the contractor has the intention of making it appear the work is done, even though the work may not be right. satisfactory. which means
2: cutting a lot of corners for shoddy work, which just side point to that real quick, that actually takes, in most cases, more time and energy than it is just to do the job correctly. Just, I would agree. Just, just, just understand that. Like the, the more we have to think about how not to do it right, we're not saving any time or money. Trust me. And by me. the
1: way, cutting corners also has the wrong connotation. Yes, it does. We strategically cut corners yes. when we were doing our builds, but that doesn't imply that we weren't doing good work that was um, like against code. Correct. We were finding ways to deliver the same quality of product less expensive yes and in that sense we absolutely
2: cut corners. we cut the dollar bill corners off We cut the dollar
1: bill corners off that was part of the innovation yep if we wanted to make profit we had to find ways to cut corners right and i think that also we could probably talk about that for an hour yeah it's how the places that we even found ways to deliver a product were on that reveal Mm -hmm. like whoa and then you say yeah here's the best part that, only, that kitchen only cost 15 grand right. What? How is that possible? You cut corners. 100% we cut corners. Of course. But, but not, not in the way, way you you're could. thinking <laughs> of no, it. Okay? Um, and it took a lot of brain power and energy yeah. and time sitting around and research and how many times we sat down in rooms and just saying, how can we do this? How can we do this? How can we do this? And then we have an idea and then we'll say, that's a fucking horrible idea. Right. Right. That's a terrible idea. And that creates all these problems. So there is cutting corners. But mm. anyways... That contractors in the other sense cut corners, like in that bad connotation. Right. So that would be something. What about in the homeowner, the home to the contractor, the homeowner? What are some of those kind of that they that they are never going to agree to anything? That they're always going to try to get you to do it for the cheapest dollar amount. Exactly. And, yep. What are some other ones that I mean? You can probably speak about this. What What are some of your bad stereotypes of the homeowner?
2: well I mean not that you agree with them, but stereotypes sure, sure. I mean ho- homeowners in the in the again most dictionary um, elated sense mm-hmm. are very ignorant um, and the the worst ones and I'll say the worst ones in, in the most loving way are the ones that have just enough knowledge to be dangerous mm-hmm. as as we've said in the past um, engineers <laughs> are mm-hmm. tough clients and I'm saying engineer like real engineer. No offense to the guy is a program that's wonderful. I can't do that. But software engineers um, are not engineers in the, in the true sense of the word. Structural engineers, uh, civil engineers, um, those are probably the hardest clients to deal with because they think they do understand construction. And they're very smart and people. And they're still ignorant. The, and they're By the very way, ignorant. I think we've used this word enough. We should read the
1: definition. Yes, go so ahead. I, You I, got it up? I got it up. Ignorant, lacking, whoops. La- oh my God.
2: Technology. Technology. Speaking of
1: ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, lacking in knowledge or training. Unlearned. Unlearned. There you go. So this is, again, the HGTV, and like you're even talking about it with engineers. Yeah. I'm. Even you at this point is, so, at some level, ignorant on some engineering. Absolutely. You couldn't say, look, I'm going to go design a 60-story building I, in downtown. That's why engineers are licensed. <laughs> they a, yeah, they have to be licensed. I'm right. not, I didn't go to school to be an engineer. So if those are the stereotypes, and in a lot of money and happiness in your home is on the line, mm-hmm. in someone's business and career, and you know, as, in the contractor or the builder in this example— um, and they're making money just right. to support their life outside of framing a wall or plumbing. Right. And their happiness is online. There's a lot on the line. Um, and so if all those stereotypes and all those concerns are bubbling up at this
2: this precipice of
1: contention, mm-hmm. how do you solve that?
2: Here, here's what I've done. This is, you know, and I just got another idea, another side note of of sticking to stereotypes, you know, between contractor and and homeowner. Uh, it just makes me think of Dude Perfect. <laughs> I Great Could show. do a, a whole YouTube channel on, or at least give them the idea of of, of contractor stereotypes and homeowner stereotypes because mm-hmm. I think that down the road we should do a show on that and even bring a couple homeowners on, maybe we can ask clients, I you know, to to kind of explain those stereotypes and how you can break them down, but. Where I've gotten to the, you know, to a level where I feel like I can kind of avoid some of that stuff. Um, well, One, listen to our podcast more, <laughs> and maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something. Um, two, no, <laughs> s- sitting down with the client again at the beginning, I encourage them, or I will just because I, you know I want to do it this way. I'll bring a notepad in for them to take notes. You're going to class. You're going to sit down. I'm going to try and educate you as much as I can. On a very, very quick kind of Cliff Notes version level of of how this project is going to go. And I'm going to explain things then you may or may not understand. You're going to write those things down if you don't understand as questions that could come up. You want to communicate every piece of what's going to happen. Like I said, you're going to, you know, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be loud. You're going to hate me. You're going to it's going to be over budget a lot of times. You're you're going to want to change things, it's going to cost more money. You you sit down with them at the beginning and you encourage them to actually partake in this process. Cuz a lot of homeowners another stereotype is they want to tune out. They just want to walk away, just get it done, I don't care, Shane. Well, guess what happens when they say I just get it done, I don't care? All right. You have, you know, I've been told I've had free design process in the past. Just you're the expert, man. You you just make it cool for me. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And I everybody's got their own opinion. I make it cool for what I think is cool, right? I like certain things, certain colors, certain lumber, certain, you know, flow of the home, whatever. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to see it. And what's the first thing they're going to say? That's not cool. That's not cool. What do you, I said, you said cool, Shane. I hate this. Yeah. You, you can't, you hate, hate's a strong word. I never said that I wanted
1: underlit onyx countertops for a glow effect. Yeah, this is so tacky. This is, this is gross.
2: Yeah, Yeah, right. Well, I was told that, you know, So you have to partake in the process, some more than others, um, and some have given me ability to 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 do that stuff, and they trust me again. The trustworthy. Would it be better
1: for the homeowner to become more abreast of what's happening, or actually just
2: again submit to it more? Well, you got to submit. No, I, I think you need to submit more, and just again allow us to come in we are the expert. That's why you're hiring us. And I've had this conversation with homeowners. Well, it sounds like you got it covered. I guess you don't need me. See ya. Because there's so much of with this and this and this, and we have to have this and we have to have, you got to make sure, you know, the way this house was built, I was told that, you know, if we take out this wall or bring this point load all the way over here and drop it down in the, in the basement, and then we have to carry out that section of the basement for the new footing. And whoa, 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 hold on. You don't, and there's other ways to go about this. I mean, how much money do you want to spend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the trick is, for the homeowner, is you're right, to be more submissive and just say, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring in a team. It's not just me. I'm going to bring in a team of experts. They all have specialties and we're together going to put our heads and come up with the, the best plan for you for what you want to spend or what you can spend to get this done, right? And you have to trust that we're going to get this done for what we've discussed. And it's okay to be part of the process and and be available for questions and watch what's going on because I want you to learn. And again, what I've tried to do is I'm trying to get to the homeowner before they have the questions and say, hey, here's what we did today. Here's some things that came up and here's why. And if I'm getting there before they have the questions, it's a good thing because there's more trust. Shane is staying, saying everything to us. There's transparency involved here. He's letting us know everything that's going on and... He's he's available to us when we have those questions, as opposed to they call me, I don't answer the phone. A few days go by, things happen. They haven't, you know, been able to talk to me. Well, now the trust is starting to break down because he th- they think I'm avoiding them for some certain reason. God knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm, I'm if I'm overly available for communication and I'm educating them, quote unquote, on some level, um, then they are allowing themselves to submit more. Okay, I'm not going to get in his face because he's going to give me all the information I need every day, every week, whatever it is. And if they've already put themselves in a position to allow me to do that, becoming more submissive, then the communication, the trust is on point.
1: I definitely, look, I agree. I don't think they're. you know, I kind of framed the question in a way that maybe there was this, like, position available Mm -hmm. to help mediate between the two but i think part of the solution i guess it's more of a question of who has the responsibility to help try to make this better is it right. the contractor who has more responsibility or is it the homeowner who has more responsibility and i think it's a little bit of both obviously mm-hmm. but i think on the contractor side i think they have a little bit more of the responsibility to be aware of what's going on and like you said be more proactive and not reactive right so instead of but again the industry is not always geared that way because it's a competitive environment in the beginning what contractor who's bidding out for the job and the homeowner says, by the way, I have three other bids, or I have two other bids, or mm-hmm. I'm going to get another bid. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're in that position saying, well, I want the work. Right. Right? And now I'm having to decide whether the work is worth my time. Right. And now, all of a sudden, I'm almost interviewing, or I'm bidding on this job. Yep. And that's an environment that's going to breed this over-promise, under-deliver. Uh, well, me, I'll only take... By the way, this is me. i a character. Um, <laughs> um, well... <laughs> All one week, five grand.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, it's like, how's that sound? Yeah, and then the contractor's mind's like, crap. That's if everything goes perfect. Correct. Right, but why in that moment do I want to prepare this person <laughs> for? I'm gonna say one week, five grand. That's everything is perfect. Now let me just make you aware of how awful this is gonna be. Yeah. Right, and that homeowner, or how awful it could be, or how expensive it could be, or all the things. Like, that's not the moment. It's not the right environment to really be proactive. No. So, in a weird way, it's almost set up to fail because to get the job, you almost have to give best case scenario. And then what you're suggesting is follow that up with now that I've gotten the job, which you gave it to me off a best case scenario. Right. Now, let me tell you, proactive, how much i need to prepare you for Mm -hmm. and it's like well how convenient you just got the job right right why didn't you tell me that in the beginning exactly And it's almost like that's where really solid communication has to exist and that's a tough ask for journeyman plumber sure like it's a really hard place to navigate and say well i need to explain the environment i was in right right and we haven't started and i still give you the right as the homeowner and the financier of all of this to tell me to go kick rocks right but i but i still need to tell you what this is and like you said we we did a project for a neighbor um it was one of my favorite ones that we did Uh, Mm, my kitchen remodel
2: yes jack and jill i remember them.
1: (laughs) jack and jill partially because i love them Mm. two because they're very creative people three they uh were very open to all kinds of things.
2: And they were very involved. They were very involved. I I will disagree with you on one point. At the beginning, mm-hmm. I don't think they were very open. Um,
1: well, okay. Hold on a second. Let's back up a second. Okay. This is an interesting point. They were not... They knew what they wanted.
2: They knew what they wanted, which is a good thing. It's which a which good is a thing. good thing. Yeah. Um,
1: but that's, to me, and this is why I'm bringing this one up. That, that one in particular was a real good representation what we're talking about mm-hmm. because they they are my friends and neighbors right right
2: which are some of the hardest clients
1: hardest mm-hmm. and the reason i think it turned out well in my opinion it
0: turned out great yeah they loved
1: considering it. what they had available to spend which yeah. was
0: still
2: a pretty healthy budget
0: it was okay um, yeah for what they got they got a great deal i, it was a great I think there
1: was a lot of creativity involved i think their kitchen's very custom for what it is yep. i think that how old their home is all the things that we wanted to achieve i feel like it checked off all the boxes but it required me going over there almost every single night. Mm-hmm. For hours. For hours sometimes to walk through some of the stuff. And this is one of the reasons I love them is because they allowed that to happen. Right? right. Is that they were just like, look, we want to have all this conversation about what's going on and what we're thinking. And they're also very inquisitive people where, you know, um, he would go in. Uh, I'll say his name because we're not talking bad about him. Nick is right. his name. Nick is the kind of guy that would go in down a rabbit hole on research. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to not know what was going on. He was educating himself, and he also process. had experience. He's a very hands-on person, very handy guy, and it ended up working well. But the thing is, the reason I bring that up is because you couldn't really recreate that experience. The contractor doesn't always live across the street from you. Well, even if
2: you or the could, designer builder, you, I mean, I've had projects up this way in Lafayette that you know are too. To four minutes from my home, um, and or willing to even
1: if you could, right? I was uh, willing so my, to go
2: over there. My point is, you I were willing that. to do that. And what other contractor or construction company would send their PM, their designer, their GC, whoever, over every evening? Because when to walk they walked the home,
1: day. they saw something small change, exactly. something big change. It was preparing them for something, uh-huh. explaining why there's still dust in other areas. Right. And they were great on that regard, by the way. Um, but again, they were also the ones like, no, it's okay. We understand. They went so far, they made a little temporary kitchen down in the basement. Yeah. Like, they were prepared. They prepared themselves for what was going to happen. And that was one of the first times we really had that conversation up front, mm-hmm. right? You're going mm-hmm. to love the reveal, right? Um, but you're going to get tired of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you think you're prepared for this. Right. You're going to get tired of microwaving food. You're going to get tired of going out and doing this. But it only worked because I think in that example is the solution, right? Mm-hmm. Which is this over-communication. Yep. This, as the people you are paying to do this, we're willing to spend time with you getting you comfortable. Right. right. Explaining things. Walking through why. Or listening to what you don't like. Right. Making changes. So that way we can get it to the final product you want. Yeah. You know, actually now that we've removed the cabinets, I see that we may not be able to give you the same layout that we had before. Right? So we can either upgrade electrical or we can redo the layout of your kitchen and they were always willing to have those conversations but again the reason i'm bringing that up is just because i don't know how to replicate that environment because that environment works um it it does doesn't necessarily mean that we ultimately if we put a dollar amount to the hour we spent on that we didn't make anything right but yeah. that really wasn't one of the reasons why we're doing that. That wasn't why we took that job. No, we took the job because they're friends of mine. They're neighbors. It was good for our portfolio, mm-hmm. and et And they
2: blew us up as far as like it didn't cost us money. It didn't cost us much, but they were free advertising because mm-hmm. they promoted us all over the place. They did, um, and they got us some other. And they got some other jobs. Got some other jobs. Mm-hmm. So
1: in that regard, it worked. Good business. Right. Right. Sometimes you got to
2: <laughs> understand. That you got to. It's the foresight too, mm-hmm. which is you know. It's hard it's hard to say I don't think I'm going to make much money on this job but I'm gonna take the job for other reasons not understanding that the you know the future profit could actually be more beneficial than the actual job. Right. But you're right, you can't replicate that project. But it seems to be what is needed. It is. So so where you go with that is the communication, the over communication, you know, I give updates if not daily, weekly and I do it via email. And the reason I do it via email to the client is because they can take their time Whenever in the day they need to, you know, actually get the updates and what's going on and that information that I need to give them, whenever they need to read it, for two reasons. One, it's whenever, like I said, on their free time and they're able to read it, reread it, understand it, you know, process it. Whereas if I'm sitting across the table from them, they may tune out for a minute. The kids may interrupt them. They're not listening to some of the things I'm saying, and then they're gonna ask that same question later. And two, it creates boundaries that are needed on my end. Because I have a life outside of work. I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got my own house to work on. God mm-hmm. forbid. And yes, Katrina is probably rolling her eyes right now because it takes forever. She's always I, rolling her eyes I, at you. I, but... Well, there's many reasons for that, but <laughs> on this particular one, it's because Why I can't. Is that guy taking a nap in the grass. What in the? F-
3: <laughs>
1: what is wrong with
2: him? But but yeah, I got shit at my own house. I got to take care of. Um, oh. Heaven forbid! I want to have some. I want to recreate. I want to have a beer in the evenings. I want to go ride my bike or go skiing, whatever it is. Establishing boundaries is very important for client versus contractor because they give you more respect as well. And I've learned that over the years. You you've used this term in the past. You know, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been good, not good at that process. Um, I've learned how to. I've gone back and forth. I've realized. Oh God. I'm letting them walk all over me for those reasons. If I don't establish boundaries, I'm going to get texts and phone calls at 9 o'clock at night, you know, 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday morning, which is what you were doing with, with those clients, with Nick. And he, in some ways, be, because of the relationship, you allowed that boundary to be crossed. Mm-hmm. But again, you can't replicate that because there's no way in hell I was going to go over there and sit down until 10.30 at night and have those conversations of questions that need to be answered. But it's it's not going to happen. And if it's going to happen, you're going to pay out your ass for it. I think that, okay, so that brings up a good point. I think
1: that's why it seems like such a simple solution. Communicate, right? Right. But again, it's just like, well, so we need more dirt. Sure. It's like, okay, hold on a minute. What? Do we, but when we have to organize all of this, right, mm-hmm. me communicating is time. That i'm spending on your job correct and you're paying for my time once i open that door i'm on the clock right i'm on the clock Mm -hmm. and i think too this is why contractors and builders don't do it yep because i think and this is also where i think a misconception on the homeowner's part well we're just talking right now Mm -hmm. right this this isn't work This, this isn't billable hours right we're just talking yeah, but I'm talking about your job. About your job. And your job is on a list of jobs and I only have ten hours a day mm-hmm. if I if you work that much to put towards my jobs. So it if if that wasn't billable hours, then psychiatry would be free. Oh, right. Right. You yeah, know, and, so like, with and so would lawyers. So lawyers. <laughs> exactly. So and that's probably also why I think sometimes contractors aren't willing to make that change. If yeah. that's the solution, is just to communicate and to arbitrate or to be an advocate for them. Is because it raises the dollar amount mm-hmm. to, and maybe not intentionally, but in the contractor's mind, it's more. Ju- it's more money to you. I'm not right. really thinking of it in hours, but I know that just talking to you has become uh it's become uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh, inconvenient yeah right because yeah, I'm, try- I'm not getting paid for it i'm on another job i got to stop the saw to answer your call and right. step off site cuz it's loud to figure out why you know when you came home today there was a bucket full of something mm-hmm. right what in, is this why is it here yeah. is, you know or whatever yeah. whatever right but so it is a weird thing. There's like somewhere in there, there should be a formula where it says, look, I'm going to bill you. But again, now think about the homeowner. If there's homeowners listening to this, I'm going to build in 40 hours of just meetings and conversation with you.
2: Right. So here's the formula. And this is this goes for, and, and, you know, as a GC. I don't think anybody would agree to that, by the way. W- like, Hold well, on a
1: sec. There's a $2,000 of your bid is going to be just talking. Yeah. Yeah yes yeah well i'm trying to get this as cheap as possible and if i'm looking at places to cut let's just not do that
0: so you're not
2: going to have any questions then (laughs) throughout the process (laughs) you know these are the kinds of things that that at the beginning of the project you've got to lay on the line and if someone's not willing or doesn't like what you're telling them again we're vetting the client as much as they're vetting us at the beginning of the project and if there's hesitation on their end for some of those things you don't want the job because you're not actually making money and that's there's this whole breakdown we'll have plenty of podcasts to talk about the actual numbers and you get to run through all these things and kind of explain what that means but from a cliff notes version again of of how not for a GC it's easier for me to put on paper those hours and that you know that fee that I'm getting paid it's my GC fee and what I do is I explain okay here's this project is going to take 6 months and we're doing all these different things, this is my GC fee, this is my salary to be your general contractor. And they look at that and go, $45,000, you're out of your mind. Hold on, hold on. Comparing apples to apples on the estimates, here's what there is, here's what there is. My numbers are pretty close, maybe a little bit higher. I'm not the cheapest guy, I don't wanna be. But he's got those numbers in there, I promise. (laughs) They're just not transparent. I'm gonna sit here and explain to you what this general contractor fee is and not only that I'm gonna have it and this is the part where especially subcontractors plumbers electricians mechanical contractors roofers painters drywall contractors need to understand don't get so lazy with your estimate be detailed explain what this is don't just bury a number because you're afraid of marking up the material you get to mark up the material why do you get to mark up the material you got to be on the phone to order it. You got to go to the project and, and measure for it and figure out how much it is. You got to go pick it up or have it delivered, right? The p- procurement charges alone. You got to have somebody record all the receipts, whether it's you or somebody else. You got to be accounting in there somewhere, right? All of those things are what you have to have in order to actually make real money in this industry. So you have to be diligent. Now, does it take more time to do that? Sure. But depending on how long the estimate is, you, if you're not detailed, and you don't communicate what those things are at the beginning, don't take the job. Or you're gonna have problems. And this period. isn't
1: 1974 anymore. It's it's really easy to do. There's this. an app
2: for it. There's an app for it. <laughs> you there's, know, there's, there's, there's an app for just, it for most of that stuff. It's right. so fast and easy and then to do. And if you
1: don't understand the app, there's a YouTube video to explain how the app works. Absolutely. Right? The internet will teach you. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or send you down a rabbit hole. Or and send next it down thing you know, it. you're
2: like, baby, I need a mini pony. Yes. No, no, no.
1: There's psychological benefits of mini pony. Like,
2: <laughs> and have you seen these net guns? These are amazing. I'm buying three. A you, net gun, yeah, like it shoots nets. Are you, you've never seen these? Oh man, I th- like in 1980.
1: MacGyver, no, 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 no dude, This is 2019. Like, Mac- this is videos like, where they. This is like if you want. The
2: if your kid's not listening to you, Trent. By the way, you need to. You need to get one of these. When Trey's running away from you, just shoot a net gun in him. He's captured. It's easy. <laughs> it's oh my. I mean, I really want one. <laughs> I
1: mean, my only experience with
2: <laughs> net guns at this point
1: is literally like. I, I think it's like a MacGyver episode. Remember MacGyver, (laughs) right? And it's just like, you know... He, they all have guns, and he shoots a net gun, and somehow they like, can't shoot their guns anymore. They're all caught up. They're in all. Heads. It's the same. It's Basically thing. the same it's the, thing.
2: But it's even. You can actually purchase one. <laughs> that and a grappling gun are the two things you really need. Well, I have a grappling. Gun. Well, I'm not I already surprised. Have one of those, yeah. For absolutely no reason. No. Well, there's no I reason have to no
1: have reason them. No reason to have a grappling gun. I'm just looking for reasons to use it at this point. Are we sure we don't need to grapple up here? <laughs> right. Uh, no, we'll just take the stairs. But uh, I have my grappling gun. Uh, but we can grapple.
2: That's the way I got it, guys.
1: I love. It. There's. We have a few friends like that what are you doing with that thing well why wouldn't i have it well, have you, you, seen you a how this works it's the right? zombie
2: apocalypse coming are you yes. kidding oh well, we can go down We've all seen that. red dawn the russians are come coming. on um okay sorry um <laughs> but but if you're not breaking <laughs> <I'm sorry>. that <laughs> down maybe you just add in first of all you should add in one of those like bury that fee somewhere in your estimate so you can buy at least one net grappling gun, gun? And that gun. that too for gun. sure yeah, yes. they don't cost in that much. In
1: case your painter comes
2: to hey. collect a check
1: with a yeah. judo black belt, just shoot him in the neck. <laughs> just shoot, shoot him with the neck, and you're good.
2: Um, I think it's different. Uh. Break, break, break it down. Break it down at the beginning. Explain it, and then when and then and once I explain what that particular fee is for, and l- listen, that's separate of supervision. That's separate of accounting. But when I explain all of the hours that go and the, the long days that I'm going to have on this project. They look at that and go, boy, that's actually a pretty good deal. Uh, Yeah, you're right. You're hiring me to do your project. If you're not hiring me, you're going to hire some cheap guy. And he may not have that fee in there. And one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to be bitter Mm -hmm. and do crappy work because he realizes he's not making any money. Right? And that's probably because he's inexperienced on some level, whether it's with the work or with the estimating. Or he's going to Change order the shit out of you, mm-hmm. and the number you're looking at is only two thirds of the actual cost right. going to be at the end. Right. So you gotta you gotta let us make our money. Mm-hmm. And 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 listen, construction's not cheap. Mm-hmm. It's it's also not easy. So everybody that's out there saying, "Oh, come on, it's easy." There's even the easy stuff is tedious and it requires a lot of hours, and it becomes difficult in the end. And I think where a lot of this goes wrong is
1: the epicenter is mis. Communication or lack thereof. Right. right. But also, I think, one of the big, and you could probably speak about this real directly, is entitlement. Entitlement yeah. is a very, and I don't mean like... What kind of show are we going to have? No, nah, I, I don't. And let me let me put some curbs to this. Uh-huh. Not entitlement like, you know, how the millennials feel like they're entitled to right. X, Y, Z. Um, which, by the way, I, I'm just saying that because I think that's, I hear that. I like hate radio. millennials. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. They're very innovative.
2: They're their own young whippersnappers.
1: Um, um There's plenty of good ones out there. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's entitlement in this sense. When you feel like you're not getting something, then this creates this environment. Well, I'm entitled mm-hmm. to something, mm-hmm. right? When we opened up the Park House right restaurant chain, and I and a few other partners opened up. It's one of the biggest concerns in terms of just, you know, uh, your staff at a restaurant, right. right? Generally hiring young people, right? Servers, bartenders, you know, hostess, that kind of thing. And you have to protect the business against entitlement. Yep. Right. So, uh, for a good quick example, one bartender gets all the busy shifts, right? It's Friday night, Saturday night, they get to make three, 400 bucks in tips mm-hmm. or something. And then your Tuesday night bartender, never gets the busy night, makes fifty bucks in tips, but still is there from six o'clock
2: still same of through hours. through
1: dinner rush and then has to stay there until two with, you know, three drunk Colfax guys sitting at their right. bar. And they can't do that. Not tipping close. anything, drinking PBR and drinking fireball. You're like Jesus. puking so, in the bathroom. Therefore I'm entitled. If you're mm-hmm. not gonna give me the better shift, I'm entitled I'm entitled to have a drink.
0: Right. Right? Right. Who
1: else is gonna have this shit? Right. Who else is gonna take this shift for you know, X amount of hours and only leave 50 bucks. So yeah. if I'm only going to get 50 bucks and you're I'm not going to give me something. a Friday, I'm going to have a drink. Yep. And it's entitlement, right? And I think that happens a lot in this too. Look, if, if you're not going, if you're going to change order me, mm-hmm. then okay, fine. I feel like I'm entitled then to be a little bit more you know, on your ass. Right. Or I feel like I'm entitled to be able to ask you to reduce your price somewhere else. Right. I'm going to get you somewhere. And vice versa, the contractor who says, look, I didn't take this bid thinking I was going to have to have two-hour design consult meetings. Right. That was not explained. But I not explain. So if that's the case, then I'm entitled to more money. Uh-huh. I'm entitled to change my shift and work or change my hours. And I'm entitled to tell you that I'm not going to come on on Saturday or I'm not going to answer the phone at nine o'clock at night. Right. And next thing you know, it's just like, oh my God, we're way, we've gone in the wrong direction. Yep. And now this has just become more of a PR, um, how do I get this thing back on track? Cause mm-hmm. entitlement has entered into the relationship. Right. And so protecting against that again would be communication. Yeah. at full disclosure but in a competitive bidding process that's very difficult to get across it almost like requires a pitch so here's my numbers which is going to be 99% of what you're looking at mm-hmm. as a homeowner right $30,000 worth of concrete it's all the same scope in all these bids and inevitably you're going to take the cheapest one that's going to be your first your first thought, thought. It's saying here's yeah. this thirty thousand
2: dollar concrete bid. This one's twenty seven thousand. This one's nineteen. But what do you do when you get those? Exactly right. You just you get the email, it comes in or whatever, you scroll to the bottom, what's the cost? Nineteen, twenty seven, thirty. Oh. Why is this one one nineteen?
1: Why is this one nineteen? I'm yeah. looking at the scope. I don't really know what that means.
2: Right. But
1: I see it represented on all three bids it looks like i'm getting the exact same thing maybe this contractor is just needing some work right um maybe this and that it's happened right and then what happens is you take the cheaper one or maybe you take the one in between you never take the highest one i i can't think of anyone who's ever said here's five bids for let's say concrete yeah One's thirty-five thousand, one's twenty-eight, one's twenty-seven, one's twenty-five, and one's nineteen. Yeah, let's take the one,
2: <laughs> right? You right. Well, not without vetting them and getting references and and understanding who this person is. And there are there are time, This is why I get those jobs, and I I've learned over the years why I'm not going to be worried about how much it's going to cost because mm-hmm. I know what I need to make to do this job. I know what's going to take to do this job, and what's going to come about because of the job. And when they call me and say. Your framing numbers, your line item for framing is a lot higher than everybody else. Okay, that's fine. Here's what here's what in, entails that framing. You can read it in there and in the, in the mm-hmm. sublines, but this is you know, and, and I pay my guys more, you know, and I I charge more for it. Here's why. And once you explain that, then they start thinking it's gonna be worth it if we do this. You know, what's, but most people don't go that direction. No, they don't. you
1: know what's interesting this is in a weird way we're having like also we're talking about construction Mm -hmm. we're talking about renovation homeowners and contractors but in a weird way there's all this similarity to a lot of things we experience in life and we don't make rules or we don't build understanding um i mean let me rephrase that sorry we build rules and understanding all the same let me give you an example i should be able to speed evan bailey should be able to speed I know how to speed. I know when it's appropriate to speed. Right? You should allow me to drive as fast as I want to. Yeah. Right? If it's 5.30 in the morning and I'm getting on the road early and I'm on a highway and there's no one there and it's I-70 going across Kansas. Right. Where you can almost just get the steering wheel nice and straight and then just take a nap. Yeah. Right? You should let me go as fast as I want to go. Right. I'm risking my own danger. But that's not why we have speed limits, Mm. is it? It's because some guy, and I can't remember where I heard this, but some guy named Tom went 100 miles an hour through a school zone,
0: oh right, my god. Nice and work, clipped Tom. a
1: school bu- bus, and now we all have to drive 35 miles an hour, right, 20, right? it's actually 20. 20, be right. careful, okay, <laughs> I should be able to speak, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've already said this, oh my god, <laughs> I've, I've practiced evasive maneuvering, <laughs> Um. But that's how it works. Same things with you know, like alcohol or with drugs, for example. You drink and drive each day. Careful. (laughs) (laughs) I should be able to take drugs, right? Right. I don't, but we can't because somebody got hooked on heroin and then went out and did whatever. That's a really gross or a big example, but but that's my point. That's not how we come to these agreements on how we all operate. Yeah. And I now going back to what our podcast is about. (laughs) it's it takes one person to reset all the rules and understanding yeah it takes one contractor who goes in and doesn't explain this doesn't do that and now it forces all the good contractors and builders like yourself to have to go and say i shouldn't have to do this i should be able to just say what it's going to cost you agree to it. You say, that's worth that money to me. Right. And I know that you're going to do a good job because you're highly recommended. And I'll just tell me when you need to talk to me. Right. But we can't do that because there's enough people out there. And it's probably actually truly a small proportion of contractors that are like generally bad. And they've ruined it for the whole industry. For the
2: whole lot of us.
1: Yeah. Right. And there's there's the Tom speeding through the school zones. Right. Right. And that I think is what has made this so interesting to me and this at least this conversation is really what is the what is the creation story of why contractors and builders have so much issue with each other. Right? Why is it that is it The HGTV boom is it lack of communication? Is it that skilled labor spends no time on being practicing good professional behavior? Right. Right. Is it that homeowners are misunderstood, or are they just educated enough because of the internet and because of shows and availability information that they they misconstrue being experts? Like, what is the creation story of why contractors, builders, and clients have such a hard damn time with each other. And I think that's also why a lot of people are interested in the HGTV story. Yeah. It's only one degree of separation at best. Right. That you know of somebody who has had a horrendous story. Oh, absolutely. If not yourself. Right. Right. So uh it's I want to keep exploring this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can always keep talking about, it. even if we're talking about something different like shipping container homes, we can always bring it back to this foundation of, you know, the struggle between the two parties involved in the trillion dollar industry and why there is such a need to communicate with each other and to understand each other better and how to better that experience that is so important as it's expensive and it's intrusive Mm -hmm. and the end result is a part of your product of your happiness on both sides. Right. So, I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing for us to keep exploring,
2: though, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the, the, the probably the, the bullet point. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head <laughs> on on I most you, of that. I see what you did there. See what they did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, because we're on, on a show cause it's construction about building and construction. Hammer and the, the yeah, hammering yeah hammering I like it. it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> 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 um, but that's that's the that's the. That's like the nucleus of of this industry, in my opinion. And I've learned, I've watched over the years. I mean, I think you know, part of it is every decade, every generation has created their own problems and created those stigmas, and they've just kind of, you know, molded and, and created a bigger rubber band ball, so to speak, as it just kind of, you know, gets further and further away from why you, you these two parties can't come together and just have at it and, and you know get something done, and everybody likes everybody, and there's trust there at the beginning, and there's communication there at the beginning. Um, we've talked about a lot of those different issues, but I think, um, that's, that's kind of the, like I said, the nucleus of the whole, of the whole problem in the process.
1: And I think it's something else we'll kind of explore on this show too. And we'll bring guests in to kind of further.
0: Yeah. Get their, this yeah. whole
1: idea, but it's also the, just the evolution of it because we're technology is exponential. Right? So each time that we create something new, it allows us to create something more and it speeds up exponentially. Right, And a lot of times the industry and behaviors and things struggle to keep up with technology. For example, let's just say there was a, an app right now that is a shared scheduling app that the contractor and the homeowner can both download together. It's shared... I'm really exposing myself at this point (laughs) as a person who's so bad at technology. But they both go in, and it's a shared calendar of some sort. So a new app comes, and now there's a space for transparency. It can show when inspections are. Have you heard about Google? Um, is that a food? It's a food, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But let's just okay. Maybe there's something already. There's yeah. There there
2: there are some things out there, and I, I think what you're getting at is it needs to be used more for sure okay
1: so that's i guess really where i was going with that is that it's something now becomes standardized yes if i'm doing this it's expected that we're both going to create a new shared calendar and i know shared calendars are a thing i know I'm just saying, like, but it, but they're in not this using example, this industry. But they're not used. No. So let's just say it becomes standardized where that's what we do. Okay, awesome. What are we going to name our project? It's going to be the Bailey Kitchen Remodel. Right. Great. I'll post on there. We'll put notes. We'll be able to communicate. We'll send direct messages, DMs. Um, Ooh, all right, look at it. you did look at there, me, yeah. Huh? <laughs> and we will. I just learned that literally yesterday. Well, that's all right. True hey, story. You know what? True story. I asked, I asked Sadie, my wife. <laughs> I said, "What is the uh, what's the difference between a DM and like a text message?" And she just looked at me like, "Oh my God, you're such a dino- did she sit you down so you're and such show a you dinosaur?" <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like in the car, like, "Okay, well, what was the what was the reason that we needed to decide?" Is it because it's because of Instagram. Because when you message somebody on Instagram, she's like, "Stop it, stop it." They're just DMs, man. You know, I was like, <laughs> I can't help it. But I think that if there was something like that, all of a sudden, one new innovation mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, can change the entire um, dynamic right? and I think it keeps happening faster and faster with access to information oh, yeah. all of these things and somewhere there needs to be this conscious effort between the contractor and the builder I'm sorry the builder contractor and the homeowner of saying look whatever the forum is whatever the money is somewhere in there we have to have full disclosure and communication And that means, and the reason I'm saying this, that means that the contractor can't just say, "I'm just a plumber,"
0: right? Right? Yeah. That that excuse
1: can't fly anymore. It has changed. Yeah. Right. I think, and I'm taking a stab at this. I think back in the '70s and '80s, that was kind of the thing. Is more submissive listening. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I need a new sink. Right, And now it's like, well, hold on a minute. I want an apron front sink. I want this and that. I've seen this. It's beautiful. I've done enough research. The internet is in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I've got enough information. And this new dynamic has been created. Right, And I think that's actually what it's doing. It's forcing the contractor to say, I can't just be a plumber anymore. If I want to be a skilled labor person and do plumbing as my source of income. Mm-hmm. And I want to get clients that this is the new dynamic. Yeah. And I need to embrace certain technologies, certain forms of communication. I need to embrace disclosure and communication and education. I need to build that time. And if every contractor said, if every from this moment on, if every homeowner got a bid, and 100% of them, had time on there for consulting and meetings and you know, brief briefings, whatever you want to call it. Right. Then instantly it would change as just now a part of the bidding process.
3: Right. And it's, it's a, now it's a bigger more fully disclosed. Yep.
1: But so I, I, it sounds like I think at times potentially we're, we're harping on the homeowner. Mm-hmm. Right. But equally as much needs to be this forced. Innovation for contractors. Yeah, you have to participate in this.
2: As a business owner, you wear multiple hats, and if you don't accept that, you're either you mean hard
1: hat over a baseball cap? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> why they're all southern to me? They just are. <laughs> you mean switching from a hard hat to a baseball cap? Talking about boy. I mean, I'm just applying. I don't. Know. I only got you know.
2: 14 hats. Yeah. None of them are hard, though. None of them are
1: hard, though. I'm, I could probably put some rhino lining on it. i sorry. I'm I
2: can't sorry. wear them all at once. You, but you have to. Yeah. You have to. And if, if you can't get there, you're going to fail. Yeah. Or you're going to end up working for somebody else that is capable of wearing all those hats. Well, it's going to make your life easier if I you I actually do. look at you in some regards
1: as an innovator, right? Because, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, for, <laughs> I'll let you finish. I'm a little yeah. scared. Yeah. Because you're attempting to do the things we're talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? But with all innovators, there is immediate resistance because you're innovating. Right. Right? There's early adopters, late adopters, laggards, right? Yep. Innovations always met with um, resistance, Mm right? Right. Um, why do I need this phone with all these apps on it? I'm right. just making a phone call. Which, as I was saying, say, includes right. questioning everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of our parents' generation are laggards in mm-hmm. terms of technology because it happens so fast and it's exponential that they just say, I, I don't yeah. want to touch that. To it. It's met with resistance. Mm-hmm. right? And it's like, it's so complicated. Dad, it has one button on it. <laughs> what, just talk into it.
2: Evan, I've made it 35 yeah. years without this damn thing. Right. I don't need it.
1: And I will say... <laughs>
2: Hi Graham. Graham, you're doing you're
1: doing a great job. Don't <laughs> beat yourself up. <laughs> and I, I'm just as bad as you potentially are or not. Right? Um, it's definitely genetic. Maybe a half step right? ahead. I shouldn't say it's genetic because there's my brother on the other end who's. Oh yeah. Uh, Seth uh, can help uh, all of us. Help yeah, yeah. all of us <laughs> save herself from the aliens. Um, but um, I do look at you a little bit as an innovator because you're attempting to do that. That's actually why you reached out to me on a specific client to come and see. Yes, if I'm willing to help. Is because you recognize this. Right. You recognize that, man, look, I'm here. I can build you a beautiful, safe, decode product that you're going to love at a reasonably good price um, and at a reasonably good timeline. And you will feel comfortable all along the way. But the fact that you're recognizing that creates an environment where sometimes communication has to be implemented and you're you were willing to at least say this is important and i think that's part of the innovation on your side is that most contractors aren't willing to do that and i think that's actually an innovative step to say this is just the direction we're going i'm aware of the trends. I'm aware that you, HTDV, uh, as that example, right. I'm aware of what this is, and this is something that potentially contractors and builders didn't have to do 20 years ago, but we do now. And so I'm going to now implement it into my business model. And that, to me, real simple, is innovation, because I think innovation sometimes is just simplification. Right. Right. It's complicated, but uh, and you and I have talked about this, like the iPhone. The iPhone is innovative because it's simplification it's it has simplified it even right. though it's complicated as hell you know you don't have to carry around a phone book with you your day planner a flashlight your computer it's simplified it all down to one thing that can fit into your pocket yep with one button that you can just speak to so innovation usually is simplification in some that's way. the goal usually Yeah. but it's also very complicated mm-hmm. but the result is simplified And I think that's essentially why I think what you're doing or attempting to do with your clients is somewhat innovative. Right. right? It's just that I'm trying to simplify something very complicated to you, right, in a way that you're comfortable doing. Yeah. And I understand that that may not have had to happen 30 years ago, but it has has to happen today. So I'm going to try to create a process or bring somebody in to be able to try to bridge that gap and again it's usually met with resistance not in your specific example just in my experience because that is something like well, what are we doing here i've already agreed to the price right you're my contractor what is all this right right um and if you're going to be spend two hours with me why don't you spend two hours doing the work right and it's like hold on my other contractors didn't have this they, in their bid. yeah but i do bit, this. like oh it's oh, hold on and here you are forced to have this conversation, mm-hmm. um, or feeling like you should have this conversation, with right? Them. And I think that's actually just, in my opinion, I think that's part of where this industry is going to go is where it's going to be more, as information becomes more available and access to information is more available, and the the business that you're in isn't out of necessity; it's more out of desire. I want a new kitchen, not right. that I need one, right? Yep, and it becomes more integrated into our culture, um, home ownership, design, all these things, that it's going to force contractors to say, I have to be better at this. The problem is, you know, I'm the guy wearing multiple hats. You know? yeah. And it's like, you got to, you got to, we got to figure out a way to kind of either potentially also engage and educate contractors and also prepare and educate homeowners which is what this podcast really is kind of what we're attempting.
2: Yeah, to do. and and that's that's the thing since the beginning of time is adaptation. Survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to learn what the next step is before taking that step. And if you're if sometimes you can follow those people into that 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 realm and be just as successful, but if you're Resistant to it, and this is on the contractor side. If you're resistant to those things, and I know plenty of those fucking guys out there that are resistant to it right now. I've been doing this thirty years, and this oh, yeah. is you're I, the laggard. I understand, but <laughs> yeah. look what's happening now. And there are new products out there. You know, mm. I mean everybody knows about PEX now. I mean, most people know about what, uh, the you know PEX plumbing, plastic plumbing, right? That's plastic I, plumbing instead of
1: having your copper. That's what I right. hear all. That's plastic.
2: Right yeah. here are all the benefits to that, you know. And you, you, I won't go into all those things right now. But, but I know plumbers out there mm. who are it's, resisting. It's, I don't pecs. trust it. All right. Well, there I know seven hundred homes behind me in my house that are all run my pecs, and none of them have failed. And if it has failed, just like anything else, there's a bad guy out there as a plumber that soldered copper together and it's going to leak, just like on user error at the PEX it's gonna leak if you don't do it correctly it's gonna fail but but if you're unwilling to adapt to where things are going that other plumber's gonna come in and run everything in PEX in this brand new home he's gonna save on cost which guess what that means his estimates gonna be less than yours for the exact same amount of work and the exact same service and he may even be more personable than you and communicate better he's gonna get the job every time guess what you're out of business in a couple of years if you can't move forward and be adapted and, and innovate in some way, or follow the innovator at least, you're going to fail. And you know, and I, My dad's told me this, and there's many people out there that have said that in, we're in a good economy right now, and a good economy is when businesses fail, because right. they're not prepared for the change. They're not prepared for the workload, and they don't have systems in place or are willing to change their systems to adapt to what's happening right now, and that's when they fail. In a bad economy, you're all fighting for the same project at a certain number that happens to be lower benefit to the homeowner but you're all willing to do harder work because and 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 more attentive to that work because that means another job after that more referral you have to have that because the work is slow if you keep that mindset in whatever economy you're in and you you're you're caring about what you're doing and you actually enjoy it and you're willing to adapt and change and and educate yourself like you were saying and get further ahead you're constantly learning you're gonna succeed, and if you can't do that, um, then uh, call me in a couple of years and I may have a job for you. <laughs> right? You know, you you just you have to be willing to do that. And if you're not, it's not for everybody. Go work for somebody else. Right? I mean, it it's owning your own business, running a business, and you know this is extremely difficult, stressful. Um, people talk to me all the time about how, oh man, you're so lucky you own your own business. You have all this free time whenever you want it. And, it's quite the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. I don't get to clock out at 5 and go home and I not sold worry. all
1: my business entities yeah. or closed them down just so I could get time back. Right. So you yeah. want not I, that time I just time want to back. go 9 to 5 I and just go work for a big company. Make and it someone else's pay problem. Pay time off and yeah. know that when I'm not doing my job, that somebody else is. Right. Right? right. It's like
2: you don't have to worry about it. You don't it's have to covered. worry about it. right? Yeah. And yeah. you're not going to get those phone calls at 7.30 on a Saturday morning. Um, and if you do, you're okay we'll call billy it's he's on the clock today not me i'm, I'm with my family mm-hmm. right it doesn't ever stop for us when we own our business right but giving the sacrifice accepting the adaptation innovation is what is going to you know motivate you to push ahead and and you start to learn even the things you didn't think you liked before about a business now you're starting to like them mm-hmm. and if you start to like them you get better at it because yeah. if you like it you get better at it, and that's that's the, that's what it makes it even easier to go back to the client and communicate those things because now those things you didn't like are easier because it's easier to talk to them about it, and then your life's easier.
1: You know, I always I have a, another colleague, and I'm on the I'm in banking now. Um,
2: Smith a lot of money, right, uh, every day.
1: And I have a colleague, and then we have to. We I always bring this up to her, where there are parallels and similarities, especially in business or just about in anything, everywhere, if you're really slowing down and you're taking a look at it. And you said something I think that's really interesting. You know, when you're talking about in a good economy is usually when businesses fail. Right. Right. Um, and you could chalk that up as overconfidence or just, you know, oh, my God, look how many potential consumers are out there now. Let's just go sell them this. And it's, and it's like, wait, you didn't focus yep. on... Putting the right constructs of your business together because you just saw an easy, you saw a straight road to something. Yeah, And, you know, now let me take it back to my point, which is with an example, if you live next to water, then you don't have to be very innovative to get water, right? (laughs) In theory? In theory, right? (laughs) It's right there. But if you live in an arid, dry, desert land and you need water, when there is a need for it, when it's not easy, when everything is against you, this is the birthplace to me of innovation, right? Where you're saying, oh man, you know, I, I don't need to innovate when everything looks good. Yeah. when Everything is easy. There's water right next to me. But if I want to get water in a desert, I have to create solar stills, stills, whatever they're called, right? i mm-hmm. got to figure out how to create water in environment. And this is innovation, right? Innovation doesn't happen when everything's going great. It's the same thing like in relationships, for example. It's e- Or maybe even in finance. It's easy to be, quote, happy when you have a bunch of money. Oh, sure. Right? We just have a bunch of money. We get a nice house. We take vacations. That's easy. Yep. But can you be happy when you have none of that? Right. And how are you happy if you can't take vacations or go buy new things or whatever and so you have to find ways innovation to be happy right i have to create happiness because i don't have the normal process of happiness right right or the you know the stereotype of happiness like i can't be happy because we don't have enough money or i can't take the kids on vacation all right so we have to be creative mm-hmm. how do we in you know i didn't grow up well we didn't really even grow up with a lot of money, so it's like, right. okay, so how do I stay entertained if I don't have money and you can't take me to Jump Street? Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, I can go in the backyard and throw a football through a hoop <laughs> into a trash can and be like, dude, perfect! <laughs> right? You you create. right. Yeah. So creation and innovation all happens when it's not just laid out for you. Right. right. And I think, again, contractors in this regard, especially in a good economy over the last Maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, have gotten a little bit lazy.
0: Yo, They're not
1: innovating because right. it's, there's so many clients, especially in a city like Denver, Colorado, or anywhere in Colorado, mm. Lafayette and Boulder and everywhere where we're experiencing this population boom in a great state economy, that it's like, well, I don't need to innovate, because I'm turning jobs down. It's like, well, you have to be really diligent to still identify what's going on. And just because it appears to be, this is a space where you don't, it's, there's, you know, the water is right next to me. Right. Why would I need to try yeah. to figure out things? Because at some point, the water won't be next to exactly. you. Exactly. Right? And this is the same idea why things, I think, in a good economy fail. Mm. But I think it's also why it's important to say now to contractors and builders even though it's good right now it won't be it, at some point it's going to
2: ebb and flow like it always has and
1: are you innovating not at a necessity are you innovating as just being proactively in- innovating right and making sure that when it when when 50% of the contractors are going to get cut yep because the economy goes bad are you going to be in that other 50%? Because that 50% are people who are saying, look, we're constantly innovating. We're constantly identifying problems. We're constantly trying to stay way ahead of us. And we're never going to say, because it's good right now, I'm just going to try to get all the work I can or get the most profitable work. And I think it's slowing down and assessing the situation and saying, look, the water is flowing great because it's snow snowmelt. Mm-hmm. But the snow will all melt. And this roaring river will become a babbling brook. Right. Right. And so we should be thinking about why the water is good, some way to be storing this water, you know, recycling the water, Mm -hmm. still water conservation. And so that way, when it comes, we're prepared. Right. Um, And I say that just as kind of as a little addition to what you were saying, where I think that people... Should uh, contractors in general have a lot of responsibility to try to continue to understand the mindset of the homeowners, to put it in perspective and not just be like, look, sweetie, look, buddy, I'm turning jobs down left or right. This is my bid or it's not. And this is just what it is like. Whoa. You got to understand why they're having concerns with it, why they have questions with it. Why, well, all of a sudden, did they surprise you with a word where you're like, whoa, how did you know that? Mm-hmm. The internet, buddy, you can't fool me, you know, right. or whatever, right? It's just like, understand what's going on and try to make some sort of correction, try to make some ad- adaptation to it. And that's why I say, that's why I think that even you wanting to do this podcast and us talking about it is also slightly innovative. You're trying to innovate the industry and it's going to be met with some sort of resistance where people just don't want to. And that goes the same for the homeowners. Yeah. But I think it's also why you want to have a space to be able to talk to contractors and subcontractors and builders as well. Um, but anyways, I think you are. And I think that because you are, creates this new content where you and I have talked about, you know, where you call and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. And yeah. it's just like, you know what? That's just a problem of innovation. It's not really a problem. It's just what you're doing at some point will become a norm.
2: Yeah, you're creating a solution. Right. You're creating a just, solution. Maybe you just
1: should have a space to talk to people. Hey, you want to do podcasts? Ah, that sounds dope. Let's do it. Do we get to drink beer at nine in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that> sounds <laughs> so, amazing. Anyways, I, I, I just think that that's kind of I think that's kind of the space we're in right now. And I think it's yeah. why people are having there's a lot of this contention going on with everybody. It's just this weird equation. Right. This weird schematics of all these different variables with HGTV and access to funds, and everyone's become an expert all of a sudden, but no one really is a collective expert. I'm an expert plumber, right? Um, But I'm not good at business. Well, I'm good at business and I have a lot of money and I want to refinance my or I want to remodel my home, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really an expert in construction. And there's just this weird grouping of experts with money and nobody really is all of it and that's why i said i don't know how to recreate that person but i think that's what it needs
0: yeah and it's just going to be a group
2: team effort i mean in the team including the homeowner you got to be part of that team it's, it's a team effort you know you're not the contractor's not working for the homeowner right yeah. um but in some ways the contractor's also not um performing for themselves you know that your business involves a service you're providing, and you're providing a solution. Mm-hmm. You're it, you're out there to help and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand that on every level whether it's coming in to help some old lady that has a, a faucet that's 30 years old and it's been leaking and now it's back into the cabinet and it's it's made a mess. And their son or grandson or granddaughter or or, or daughter has called and said, "My mother needs you to come fix this." You're 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 there to help. And you're also there to make money. I mean, by all means, go make your money. But you got to help, and it's a service. And, and if you're explaining that at the beginning and say, "Hey, I'm here to help you," um, and then you do the help and you fix it, and they're grateful for it and they pay you, you know, they've reciprocated that gratefulness by by providing funds to you to help you grow your business and move on. And you walk away and go, "I made a difference." Now that lady doesn't have a problem anymore, mm-hmm. right? There may be another problem that comes up, but guess what? Who's she going to call? She can call you. So if if you get to that understanding of what, you know, break the business down in that many levels, and you can understand it as the contractor or the builder, and then walk that communication back to the homeowner and explain that that's why you're here and that's why you called me, then I think the barriers come down almost instantly. And if you can get the barriers down from the beginning, again, communication creates trust, Trust creates this pretty seamless project. There's going to be problems that come up, but it's going to be seamless because you guys are a part of the team and you're relating to each other. I agree, man.
1: What time are you at, Shane?
2: Uh, you know, I think we're good, man. I think uh, this is, uh, we're going to call it a wrap for the day. We've got a lot of topics that we've kind of strung out there that we can obviously embrace on the next several thousand podcasts we're going to do. That's right. So um I want to again say thank you to Tom Hardy and Kristen Hardy and Confluence SBC. Again, uh, co-working space in Boulder County. Go to ConfluenceSPC.com. Great space. You guys come visit it. Um, look them up on their website. Get in contact with them. He's happy to give you a tour of the space anytime he wants. Um, we'll be here next time, um, and uh, we got more to talk about. If you want to be part of the show. You can uh, reach out to me at Shane. DM us. Yeah, be part of us. (laughs) So my email, reach out to me, Shane, at baileycustomhome.com. And you can reach out to Evan as well at evbails, B-A-I-L-S, at yahoo.com. Just hit us up. Let us know, you know, questions, comments, want me on the show, whatever. We're here. And
1: give us your opinion, too, on the things that we're talking about. If you're a contractor, you don't like what we're talking about, or you're a homeowner and you disagree with us, we'd love to have a conversation with you.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, until next time, uh, we'll look for that. And uh Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. Peace. Bye.